welcome to Crit Apocalypse episode 151. Too quiet again. Welcome to Crit Apocalypse episode 151. There you go. We've reached the end of 2020, the year that everybody hated, but I'm going to say right now, I actually thought wasn't too bad in the grand scheme of things. I've had worse years. Have you had worse years, Anne? I mean... Comparatively? I mean, I didn't have to work much, so... Well, there you go. There you go. And you got paid for not working much. Yeah. Whereas I had to work all through it. <laughs> I know, right? It sucks to be me and have a well-paying office job. Anyway, so... Yeah, exactly. So you should have planned that out. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, it's been a weird, weird year. Um, mostly filled with minor frustrations and then major frustrations for other people. <laughs> I got Skylinks this year. Yeah, you did? Yeah. Yeah. Would well, have I, got that normally. I would have been selling my toys to get food. Mm, I um, I almost bought a PS5, and then I did buy a new Xbox, mm. and uh, then the new Xbox broke, and now I've got to send it back to Amazon, who have no stock, so I can't get another one. I must vomit. Swap it for there. a PS1 classic. <laughs> I might it's just, just as that. good. Might just do that. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a weird year, up and down. Lots of people have lost loved ones, which is obviously depressing. We're not going to talk about COVID though because it's over. Apparently, the kids can go back to school and everything's back to normal. So who gives a fuck? COVID's over, according to the government. Okay. It's funny, so. someone was pointing out on Twitter the other day that we're living through a real moment in history, and I'm like, we're living through two in the UK. Mm, yeah. Because <laughs> they're going to be talking about COVID, and there's going to have to be this whole chapter about how the UK did this at the same, this happened at the same time as Brexit. And they still did Brexit. Yeah. They still thought it'd be a good idea to do Brexit. Fuck no, we've you. taken the deal now, which is basically nothing changes except we now don't have a say in anything, which is exactly what people said yeah. would be the problem with Brexit. And also we lost our freedom of movement. Surprisingly enough, we lost Erasmus, which no one was expecting. Yeah. Um, so now we're paying more money for less students to go to less countries and also not have health insurance or be covered by any sort of legal system that protects them outside of the UK, mm. which is great. I don't think that people... I saw really- someone talking about their... Um, Parents who live in Spain and voted for Brexit complaining that they couldn't access Sky One anymore. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> that I've been listening to so many programs where people call in and they go, "Oh, we well, voted for Brexit. I didn't vote to not to leave my home." It's like, yeah, but you live in Spain. It's like I don't care where I live. I'm British. I can live wherever I want. It's like, well, no, technically you voted not to be able to. I didn't vote to remove freedom of movement. It's like, well, yes, you did. You technically did. Oh, like, and then like someone else phones and they go, "Well, the Spanish government had actually been." quite lovely they've given us the paperwork they, that we need we've had to get Spanish passports we've had to get Spanish driving licenses but in all fairness we, we've got no problem with that because Spain is our home and then it cuts back to the other guy and he's like oh damn what Spanish I'm British it's like you just start saying stuff like fish and shit yeah <laughs> oh yeah that's the other thing so Boris Johnson went in expecting to get 70% of the fishing capacity for the UK We've got the ability to handle 20%. And most of that we export. So how are we going to handle another 50 fucking percent we're going to have to export? Fish, to fish countries, boring. To countries we've ripped off on the fishing rights anyway, so they're not going to want to buy the fucking fish in a place where we can't export it fast enough for it to get to them fresh still. It's uh, it's it's stupid. It's idiotic. I think the whole whole country's just. I think this is the gas leak period, isn't it? <laughs> this is the gas leak election. I like how Community that one series is called the gas leak series because it just doesn't make any sense and they just write it off. I think this is the gas leak gas leak election. I think the last well the total five years of Boris Johnson's reign. We're gonna have to look at it and go, wow, we were all just so fucking stupid for five years. We listened to Nigel Farage apparently. <laughs> Well, we didn't. Some people did. Oh, 
the guy who has a working record worse than a fucking 15-year-old working in McDonald's has apparently a fucking capacity to be some sort of amazing fucking politician when he's never been a politician. The most he's been is an MEP, which is an elected official who's meant to vote on things that he didn't turn up to vote for and then complained about after the fact. Oh, British politics is fucked. Anyway, to a better subject, 2020. So a year as a whole, we well, a lot of people didn't survive it. There were a lot of deaths and that was sad and COVID was depressing and everything was awful. But for the most part, video games carried on. So that was all right. Yeah, that's um, what's important. TV's a movie. Well, we're, we're not the kind of podcast to have the capacity to talk about the... What you're not, about pol- <coughs> it's not politics. Uh, Life and death and existence are not politics. As much as people want to say, oh, you're just talking politics when you so say... So now you're, you're going to rank your top 10 murders you did oh, this year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're not murders if they want to die. That's what the dog told me. Hmm. <laughs> um, no, it's not political to say you want people to be able to live. You know, it's like it's not political for people to have the ability to go into a hospital and and get better, you know, and like get treatment without having to worry whether or not they're going to be destitute from a splinter that caused sepsis or some fucking horrible mistake like that. That's pretty political. That's not political. political machinations that pull into the effect where, you know, they can't afford to. No, that's that's economical. Which is politics. No, politics doesn't entirely dictate economic means. Yeah, it does. (laughs) No, you could say that you could say that politics can control to a certain extent the limitations put on economic development and growth, such as not allowing healthcare. No, because allowing healthcare is a basic human right to be considered a first world country, and we don't want to be con- we don't want to lose that status, do we? Yeah, we're gonna. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because the Tories because will sell it. I mean, it's, it's pretty political of them. It's quite interesting that they've 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 really said they want to turn around some of the human rights laws. Yeah. That are around. Which Churchill helped, right? So yeah, but it's gonna be interesting. To see where's all the Churchill love then? Yeah. Also, Churchill's praising the NHS, but they want to butcher it as quick as they can. Yeah. Uh, okay, so it's political now to say whether you want people to live or die. Yeah. Fantastic. This is the world we live in. Yeah. I guess 2020 really did suck. You're gonna review something. I mean, I'm gonna try to. I might be a bit depressed now. I'm gonna review things, and we're gonna do best <laughs> film of last year. Best TV show last year and best game of last year. Yes, yes. Uh, we'll do film our... first because uh, yeah, this yeah, our there's end like of... five films released in the last year. So this is our end of year episode for anyone who hasn't caught that hint from what Andrew said. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna do a quick review, like a standard review. So we've each got something that we can talk about, and then we'll go on to film. Do you want to do film, TV, and then video game last? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I think I'm gonna surprise everyone. Hint, hint. I'm going to talk a bit about Abby when it comes to my game of the year. Hey. That's right. Um, but yeah, so uh, as usual, we'll open up. We'll just do like a quick, we'll just, I'll bring up a subject that I want to talk about news wise for just two minutes. No. Get on with your review. So, it's seven and a half minutes into the so podcast and you still not There's a new Spider Man movie being shot and they're bringing back what seems to be everyone. And I think this is a bad idea. <laughs> I think this is a bad and not good idea. Do you remember how the last Spider Man film ended with his identity being revealed? Yeah. I'm going to predict the plot now. Yeah. Spider-Man attempts to travel back in time using the Avengers time travel thing, obviously something handed to him from Tony Stark, Yeah. in order to go back in time and protect his identity ever getting leaked. Yeah. Right? But he fails and opens up a portal to the multiverse, pulling through Spider-Mans from other dimensions. And then we get the multiverse storyline. They try to, like, hope it's better than Into the Spider-Verse, but it won't be because Into the Spider-Verse is a masterpiece. And so far they've made two fair to middling Spider-Man movies. I 
Um, I'm instead going to go a bit nuts with this one. So my prediction is slightly different. I like yours. I think that's probably most likely the lazy answer that Sony will come out with. But it's going to have to have Tony Stark give Spider-Man something because that's how this Spider-Man operates. I think even crazier. So Morbius was meant to come out this year, right? Yeah. What does Morbius have in it? Motherfucking Vampire Man. Cult, oh, cult leaders, I was going to say. Uh, but. No, no, not cult leaders. Vampire Man. So Jared Leto, uh, sex pest, has uh, basically has opened the Marvel Universe up to vampires. And obviously we've got evidence now that that um, Sony have got the rights off of Marvel to be a bit fast and loose with the Spider-Man films. And the, you know, they're not, they're not completely tied to the machinations of the Marvel Universe, which is great. It's a bit crazy. So Morbius and Venom are now apparently being integrated into the mainline Spider-Man films. That's not what I'm... That's that's not for this film. No, I've got an even better... Why did you even mention it? Because that leads into the idea that Sony, vampires, tangentially linked to the vampires that crossed dimensions and were the key villain in the Spider-Verse comic... They weren't vampires, they were totems, weren't they? Yeah, no, the, the, the spider people were totems, and then the vampires eat totems. Because they're tasty totes. Can we not? I think, I predict... Well, Spider-Man gets his powers I in a little accident predict, and learns a lesson from his Uncle I Ben. predict... Well, that's some ancient totem gods gave him his powers to fight of war. I am predicting that the reason that Alfred Molina and Green Goblin and potentially Hobgoblin and everyone else is coming back, is coming back because they're going to do Spider-Verse where Spider-Man is forced to fight the vampires who cross dimensions eating specifically Spider-Man and we're going to get a version of Superior Spider-Man who is actually Otto Octavius who's been able to steal the powers but not the body of Spider-Man and is Superior Spider-Man with the eight legs and he comes back and he's like, I'm going to fuck you up, Spider-Man. That's the dumbest thing. But that is 100% possibly going to happen. <laughs> the Spider-Verse comic is the dumbest thing. You're so happened. angry because that might be right. <laughs> You're so angry because you can see it happening in your head now. No. Yes, you can. He's going to meet Doctor Strange in it. Yeah, that's fine. I think it's either that or they're just going to do the... um, What was it? Um, They're going to mix Spider-Verse with Spider-Island. Well, maybe not Spider-Island. I think that's probably the wrong storyline to crib from. But they're going to steal aspects of that because in that Doctor Strange... I think I've explained this before on the podcast. Doctor Strange casts a spell on Peter Parker so that unless he tells someone he is Spider-Man, then his identity, everybody forgets the fact he's Spider-Man. They don't connect those two people together. So unless he chooses to tell someone he's Spider-Man, and then once he chooses someone to tell he's Spider-Man, then the spell is broken. So from that point, people can work it out again. But right up until that point, they get like a mental fog, so they can't work it out. Mm. Yeah. And uh, he makes the mistake of during the Spider-Island event, everyone gets Spider-Man powers and he's on top of a police car and he goes, I'm Spider-Man. We're all Spider-Men. And his girlfriend at the time was a cop and she was like, look, I'm fucking smarter than this shit. And like, as soon as he says, I'm Spider-Man, she's like, oh shit, Peter's Spider-Man. Yeah, all that shit, all that weird stuff he gets up to and the amount of times he disappears. Yeah, he's Spider-Man, fuck. Yeah, he's Spider-Man and then breaks it and then he's basically got to stop behaving again putting his mask this on. This is all stupid as well. Yeah, it's pretty stupid, man. Pretty stupid. Comics are terrible. Yeah. Although I really like that event, just because it was goofy fun. They have a really nice, they have like a really nice moment where uh, Mary Jane has spider powers, 
Apparently because of their years of... For some reason, fucking is a mystical event in, in Spider-Man comics. Because it either makes Mary Jane able to control her spider powers for longer and stay human for longer. Or it gives her cancer and kills her. <laughs> Spider-Man gets real sad. Yeah, I remember that when Spider-Man's... Spider-Man spun. Reigns, the comic I lent you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't be asked to read that. It's really good. Like, oddly enough, Oddly enough, that's actually really good. That, that part of it is like just... It's like the whole Mark Miller style, like Millerverse, like, let's make it dark and gritty. Let's make it, what's, what's his no. jizz made out of? Radiation. Let's give her cancer. Mark Miller's like Zack Snyder. He freaking everything to him that's dark and gritty is something a 14 year old would think is dark. But and like, gritty. The, like, because the rest of that story does develop and it is a lot more interesting. He's about as gritty as the friggin' Philadelphia Sixers mascot. It's gritty. Oh, right. Is it the Philadelphia Sixers? It's the hockey team, whatever they're called. I don't know what you're talking about. They've got a mascot called Gritty. I don't pretend to know sports. Gritty's great. Well, no, he's not. He's gritty. Not grated. Anyway, so my first review this week. My first review this week is going to be a spectacular surprise. It's going to be an incredible adventure. It's going to be the amazing, the the bombastic... Phoenix Immortals Rising. Oh, wait, is it Immortals Phoenix Rising? I checked before the podcast and I still forgot. Jesus Christ. Which one is it? I told you and you said you'll remember. Oh, it's Immortals Phoenix Rising. I've been playing that on Switch. It's pretty good. It's fine. I don't know. It's It feels like Breath of the Wild light to me, having played all of Breath of the Wild. And that's fine. Because everyone's trying to play catch up now, and yeah, they are. They yeah. want to be Breath of the Wild. Yeah, um, there are times when it looks pretty good on the Switch, but I can imagine that it looks amazing on like a PS5 or an Xbox Series S or X um, or PC. I think that it, it's the kind of game that has a capacity to look really good, but on Switch, it's like you know we spoke about Red Dead Redemption Two a couple of weeks ago, and how like if you got rid of all the textures, it would probably run on the Switch. Just get rid of most of the textures and just have people with really realistic faces with like cloudy clothes and shit. You could probably run it on like a Switch or something like that because HD textures take a lot to load in and you've got a map them and everything else. Whereas if you just had like the structure and like the polygonal structures around the place, it probably wouldn't. You make games look like crap on Switch and people still buy them and say they're great ports. That's what I'm saying right now, my mm. friend. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is. It is Kid essentially. playing Witcher on the Switch. <coughs> I love Witcher on the Switch. The Switcher. Which no one's pretty- talked about Doom Eternal on Switch, have they? Yeah. A few I've not people, seen anyone. A few people have played it and they've said it works really well 30 frames per second, same as the original Doom. No, I'll wait until Digital Foundry tell me. Are they actually going to cover it? John will eventually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they did that video not long ago about the Switch and Wolfenstein 2 and... Wolfenstein. And Witcher and all that. They did like a ports video, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like... The Switcher 2. The, the only thing there is that like... I can see, I can see Switch games being a disappointment to someone like yourself who mostly plays it as a docked console. But for me, playing The Witcher on the go was fucking incredible. And I think that's kind of the same with this, this Phoenix Rising game. I'm never going to plug my Switch into the TV and play, and sit down and go like, oh, I can't wait to play a bit of fucking Immortals Phoenix Rising. But like, if I get stuck in a part of Blasphemous and I want to just, maybe I want to just take a step back from looking at a handheld, maybe use a different controller. Then I don't know how you can play games using the friggin' Switch Joy-Cons. I have no promise whatsoever. I've completed Dark Souls on there. I completed Blasphemous on there. I'm on the... Well, actually, I haven't completed Blasphemous yet. I'm on the last boss. Um, Yeah, I completed loads of stuff on there. I don't mind it. I have a Pro Controller. I have a Pro Controller. you got to use a Pro Controller. 
I have a Pro controller and I have an SM30 Pro Plus controller and I have, I have. You got Pantem Pro Plus. Yay! Oh, you were transforming something. Yeah, I was transforming my um, my claw jaw. Good on you. Um, but yeah, it's really simple. Really simple idea is Stand you. Stand up, you fucking pedophile. You're a demigod that uh, you're a demigod that gets told by. Um, Prometheus that you've got to you've got to save the world in order to save your brother and stuff like that because your brother's been turned to stone by a Gorgon yeah. it turns out Gorgons are fucking everywhere trolls are fucking everywhere wolves, boars, bears you know it, it seems like the enemies are very abundant on the island that you're on and you steadily collect powers and you go around doing little little um, puzzles here and there and like do you know Super Mario um, Sunshine where you go into the 3D worlds where you have to do the courses mm. you go into something that's similar to that but mixed in with Breath of the Wild so you have to like float blocks and stuff a bit like they're dungeons but they're like sort of floating I've just done blatant Kid Icarus levels in 3D yeah essentially yeah yeah where you like sort of have to float blocks and like move around and solve little puzzles it's all fine it's all really like like I said Breath of the Wild Light is a perfect explanation for this I know I know a lot of people have been trying to like talk it up and say oh no that's not what it is but it's genuinely what it is like you've got strength meters, you can upgrade your weapons, you can get different weapons, and then you can like get like more stamina to climb stuff. And yeah, you can climb everything just like Breath of the Wild. Um Don't you have wings? Yeah, you've got wings that they glide. Climb anything. They don't fly, they glide. What's the point then? So you can catch do you remember like um do you remember in Breath of the Wild where you'd have to catch the air currents? Yeah. Exactly the same as that. I should say, do you remember Legacy of Cain? Where you had your tattered wings and you held them yeah. and you caught the air wind turrets. Just like that. Um yeah, it's it's a really it's a really strange time for this to come out because it's been three, four years since Breath of the Wild came out. It's longer than that, isn't it? When did it come out? Twenty sixteen? Maybe, I can't remember. Um but yeah, it's been that amount of time since that came out and they've released this the beginning of other generations, sort of midway through the Switch's generation, if Nintendo has to be believed. And um and uh and it's just, you know, it's not as good as Breath of the Wild. It feels a little bit more populated like the world because Breath of the Wild had like those big vistas like they had massive cliff faces and things like that there's less of that in this so getting around's a lot easier I mm. find with this if there is if there's also a challenging part where you've got like you know like little cliff you know in Breath of the Wild you had like little jutting bits that stuck out yeah. and you thought maybe I could cheese it a little bit and you try and like do a bit of walking to get your stamina back up and if you hold exactly still on the right pixel it maybe let you get it but then most of the time you just slip back down into the water is exactly the same on this, except you can always get those janky little cheats in. Like, if there is just, like, a cliff hanging just a little bit over, you're always like, yeah, I'm fine. It's almost like Skyrim vers- version of Treferral. Like, you know, like Skyrim, you go sideways and jump, and you go up any cliff regardless of how high yeah. it is. It's kind of like you that. You like, the horse up the cliffs No, Skyrim. never did that. No, you no. just zigzag with the horses. Oh, you? really? You go up any old cliff, no matter how steep it is. I found it easier to jump, but, yeah... But yeah, it's it's good though. I don't think that I don't. If you're waiting for a Breath of the Wild and you're expecting that sequel this year, you can pick this game up. I got it for twenty twenty four quid, like two weeks after it was released. So it's cheap out there. Ubisoft they mark their games down all the time. Yeah, it is cheap, and you can get it cheap, and it is definitely worth twenty to thirty quid. It's a lot of content in there for that price. And although I'm not a fan of the humor, I can see how it can be charming to a younger audience, or even like, like, I don't know. It can be it can be something that people who who like Deadpool a lot but don't really understand half the jokes would really enjoy because it's so random. 
It's so random, you know, it's just so random. It's like the time that Susan told you she was getting a divorce and she's like, I'm just going to go to Italy because I'm so random. You know, it's kind of like that sort of thing. Like, eat, pray, love. Predictably random. <laughs> Midlife crisis, you're definitely buying a Porsche. You're just not naming things now. <laughs> I don't know anymore. I don't know anymore. I'm getting a bit mad. Yeah, but yeah, that's what it feels like. It feels like someone's gone, we're going to make the next big thing. And then they've gone, and like in the to the right of their eye, there's a copy of Breath of the Wild playing on the Switch. They're like, we're going to make the next big thing, and it's going to be the most amazing game. No one's ever come up with an idea like this. But then their eye keeps sneaking over to Breath of the Wild. They're like, oh, I can't wait to get all these ideas on paper. And they're just like, oh no. Someone turn that Switch off. It's ruining my idea. But yeah, I give it, give it, uh. <coughs> Can you not cough everywhere? That's so gross. At least cover your mouth when you cough. I'll cover my mouth, I'm sorry. If I die of COVID, we know who did it. I give it a Christopher Lambert. You made it Christopher Lambert? Yeah. Yeah. The original Witcher. The original... He was in the Witcher film from 96. Was he? Yeah. Yeah. Had really bad CGI. Yeah, I didn't see it. There was a Witcher TV series in Poland. Oh, yeah, there was a film as well. Yeah. Yeah. It had Christopher Lambert. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I'm sure it wasn't bang. just clips from Highlander you were watching. I've seen Highlander more than any other film. My dad was obsessed with Highlander when I was a kid. I don't know why. Really like Queen as well. You like Queens? I mean, I do. Yeah, drag queens. Mm. Yeah, Queens, Queens. Queen the band. King of Queens. King of Queens. I got tickets to go to DragCon like a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong? Just because you don't like fucking watching RuPaul's Drag Race doesn't mean doesn't mean I'm not cultured. <laughs> You're a view aunt. Is that the height of art now, is it? RuPaul's Drag Race. Sissy that walk. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Right, you done? Yeah. Right. Okay. I'll get a review out of the way. Uh, Transformers War for Soldier on Earthwise is a new series on Netflix. It's a series that aired this week. It was six episodes. It's really quick to get through. I just put it on and watched it. Pro tip, put it on like 1.25 speed, or 1.5 speed even. Yeah. Um, as much as I decry Netflix having that speed option, mm. that, sh- that that this show just runs slow. It's not, it's not like slow as in, oh, the pacing's really deliberate and stuff. It's just characters take a week to say the shortest sentences ever. They'll just be like, prime, and all this, and it's just boring. There's like... The woman who plays Elite One is the only one who talks at normal speed yeah. in the whole show. Everyone else, especially Megatron, friggin' ridiculous. And, I mean, I suppose they probably recorded all these voices before season one aired, so they couldn't they couldn't do much about it, but they could have just sped up the shot, man. Like, uh. But anyway, it's it's better than the first season. Um, I noticed right from the start that more Transformers actually transform on screen this time. <gasps> what do they become? Well, they've become the same things they did last time. It's just that in the previous series, they never showed the actual transformations apart from like a handful of characters. Oh, right. Yeah, they were, I mean, I'm convinced they had, didn't have the animations sorted, but at least like a few characters transform on screen mm. in this series. Uh, you know, Jetfire finally gets one. I don't think he had one on screen in the last series. Um, and for a series called Earthrise, surprisingly little Earth or Rising. Um, in fact, they don't even see Earth till the end. They don't even land on it. They just they're heading towards its atmosphere and the series ends like they're crashing towards it 
This is like a really roundabout way of getting to the first episode of Transformers. These two seasons have basically given an alternate reality telling of the first five minutes of Transformers Arrival from Cybertron. Yeah. The pilot episode for Transformers G1. Um, so the last series, Optimus Prime stole the Allspark and he took it off at planet Earth. So Megatron couldn't use it to rewrite the minds of all the Transformers to turn them into Decepticons. Because in the previous series, they were trying to do a race war allegory, but apparently you can also just change your race. So that's a thing. Optimus steals it. He sent it through a wormhole. He doesn't know where it is, but he's going to find it. It's on Earth, obviously. It's on Earth. Yeah. Um, And in the process, like, he's now decided it was the wrong thing to do, Optimus has. Um... And he, he even asked Megatron to forgive him in the middle of a fight. He's like, why won't you forgive me? And I'm like, uh Because you're a fucking psychopath. But you haven't... This, what? Was that even a thing that was meant to come up? Mm. Um, well, this doesn't sound amazing or interesting. The thing is, it moves faster than the last series, despite oh, everyone okay. talking slower. There's, there's more things happening. It's not dragging out this one episode plot for six episodes. It's... There's individual little moments. Like, they go to... They, they're trying to find a space bridge to get back to Cybertron. They've got enough energy to get to Earth, yeah. but not enough energy to get to Earth back to Cybertron. So they need to, guess, get energy from somewhere or use a space bridge to take a shortcut. Yeah. And they find a space bridge that's permanently on. When they get there, there's like a ship that's half through the space bridge mm. and it's jammed in there. Um, and their plan is to... This sets off a two-episode story where they're planning to block the space bridge, the, the ship right where it is in the space bridge so it can break apart and then they can use it themselves. Yeah. Um, and on board the ship, they're being attacked by Scorponok. It's a big old Scorponok. They say it's the Nebulon Space Bridge. Nebulons were the ones who become headmasters, and Scorponok was a headmaster in the old in the old cartoon. So that's their little reference for you. So you can you for can, me uh, specifically, yeah, yeah. For you. Someone who never watches this show, yeah. Is Lego Worlds any good? I don't know, but anyway. <laughs> so they fight Scorponok a bit. Yeah, and there's explosions, and then the Autobots and Decepticons help each other a little for the to solve a problem, and then there's all everyone's tricking each other. Nonsense, absolute nonsense. Um, that you know, is there anything good you could say about it? Uh, I, I thought it was funny the Megatron was talking to Ultra Magnus's head. Uh, he has his, like his head on a table, and the table's massive, and Ultra Magnus's head's is tiny, and it looks like they've like like as if they've scaled it wrong, but mm. no, it's just the table's just massive. Just really big. And he also kind of looks like Ultra Magnus turns into a table now. Um, but he's dead. It's just his head. He's back in Kingdom, though, in the toy line, doing a new figure for that. So um, I find it really weird that the toy line of Earthrise was all Earth form vehicles and was very Generation 1 inspired, but none of that's in this show. Because obviously they don't have the budget to have extra models for the characters. They can't redesign the Optimus Prime vehicle mode so it looks more like the original one or anything like that. They can't mm. get him to Earth. They're not even going to get to Earth in modern times. So they're not going to turn into cars in the next series. Because when they're crashing down towards Earth, you see Dinobot from Beast Wars, which means it's prehistoric times. Yeah. I'm willing to bet the Earth's Allspark land on Earth and they're doing the Michael Bay movie thing where the Allspark turns anything into a Transformer. And it's somehow turned animals into Transformers. That would be kind of fun, though. Yeah. It'd be stupid, but it'd be fun. Yeah, but I think they'd do that and then would have to try and explain why they've got some of them of the same names as the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> the original Transformers. <sighs> it's going to be a mess. They're going to suck the fun out of Beast Wars. Beast Probably. Wars Beast Wars as a cartoon is about loads of animal robots fighting each other, having really sincere talking about morals and stuff, 
and then wailing guitar music kicks off going and they beat each other up dun, dun. like that Beast Wars like that robots in disguise janky animation it's a lot of Beast Wars is great um, but they're going to suck the life out of it they're going to have them talking super slowly and stuff your eyes. Beast Wars but, yeah but you know I enjoyed seeing Scorpion no. he's fun yeah Skylinks turns up and the characterization is really bizarre um, it's like they've read it and gone oh Skylinks is egotistical and they just stop there um, and they wrote his storyline that years ago he wanted to become leader of the Autobots and so he was challenging Ultra um, Alpha Trion who was carrying the Matrix at the time yeah just literally carrying it and he's like give me the Matrix I'll be the leader because I'm the greatest warrior there is and I'll be the one to lead Cybertron to a new golden age and stuff and Alpha Trion for that reason sent him to some dead universe Mm. A dead universe is something where all future possibilities or time doesn't exist and stuff. Oh, I assumed I assumed yeah, it was some sort normal. of dead universe by yeah. the name. They end up in there for an episode. Oh, um, okay. Optimus is floating when he's in there, but Skylinks looks like he's standing on the floor because I'm guessing they didn't draw him to look like he was floating. They had a default pose for him and he never really moves oh, he's from just it. just T-posing. He's just standing. <laughs> he basically looks exactly, exactly the same pose I've got the figure over there. He's just standing there on nothing. Mm. Like floating while Optimus is visibly floating. Um, and his characterization is completely weird. Skylinks is egotistical, yes. But he's egotistical in an, I'm going to save everyone because I'm the greatest hero you've ever seen. Come aboard, chaps. We're going on an adventure. He's egotistical like, um, you know, in Rick Mail in Black Adder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and his character. He's egotistical <laughs> in that way. He's egotistical in the um, friggin' Rimmer, you know, his friggin', what's the name of his superhero identity? The other other version of Rimmer that's like oh, a hero. Um, yeah, the Robocop style thing. The one, no, the one where he's all like, smoke me a kipper, I'll be back for breakfast. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that Rimmer. He's like that. He's just like super confident and charismatic and this like complete space dick. <laughs> he's just, yeah, he's basically space ace. Like he gets surrounded up with the Dinobots in one episode and he's like, I'm not a Dinobot. How dare you? But I mean, this he's all like, I'm full of regret about what I did in the past, and I've learned what true power is. Power is in the mind, and he explains it to Optimus, and Optimus is like, Alpha Trion would be glad to hear this. And he sacrificed himself and like, <laughs> That was a waste of Skylinks. Um, I quite like Bug Bite was in it. That's an interesting random character to have in it. Bug Bite in canon in the original Transformers is one of the GoBots. A group of GoBots went to the Transformers universe and took on new identities, and for, they all happened to be repaints of existing Transformer toys, which is you know how you get new figures in Transformers. Yeah, you repaint an existing one, and yeah, they put him in this because he looks like Bumblebee. He's just a white Bumblebee, and he's always like, "Who's the ugly guy?" Referring to Bumblebee, and we're like, Haha, "He's calling. He's calling a guy who looks just like him ugly." <laughs> uh, uh, take um, that body image. But again, they, they still keep using the same character models for all the ancillary characters. and Especially when you see Elite One rescue a bunch of the refractors who are red, green and blue, which is specifically the colour the Japanese versions of the figures were. not They were purple in the British American toy line. And later on you see another set of red, green and blue ones who are different characters entirely. And Megatron's having conversations with them. But it's not the ones that she rescued. But then the ones she rescued help her later. And they form a resistance on Cybertron. Yeah. So it's like, you've just shown exactly the same characters voiced by the same people, but apparently they're not the same characters, but you've used the same character models. Like, come on. <laughs> it's it's bad enough to follow as it is. Like, you've got Wheeljack on board one place, and then you've got, like, Exhaust, who basically is Wheeljack, but slightly pointier. Yeah. And it's like, they look exactly the same, and you haven't introduced who the other one is. 
You don't even say his name at any point. But uh, it's a mess. But it's it's slightly more watchable than the last series, just because at least multiple things happen over the course of this series rather than one thing which happened in the last one. And I'm sure Kingdom will come out in probably May and it'll probably be a disaster. So, they, are, they are pumping these out, aren't they? Because the first one only came out midway through last year. Yeah, it came out like August, wasn't it, or something? Mm. Um, and they just... Yeah, they got to churn through them for the toy line because Kingdom toy line's out this year and that's that's the end of this set of toys. Because the way Transformers always does stuff is it's like three years of toys for each range. So we're in the Wolf Cybertron range right now and it's called Siege Earthrise Kingdom. And the last one was Power of the Primes, which is when Machinima did that terrible Power of the Primes trilogy. Um, Titans Return, Power of the Primes, and something else. Yeah. They were awful. Mm. Really awful. They, they the same people like this. But this is a step up, at least. It's animated by people who are somewhat competent, even if they can't do transformations. Um, but yeah, it's just a mess of a show. Uh, it sounds like a shame, because this is the kind of thing that you'd normally... You'd like. Yeah, Cyberverse is better, and Cyberverse is made for six-year-olds. Well, it's, it sounds like Cyberverse is a little bit more consistent than yeah. the Netflix series. Rescue Bots in the later series. It's written by the guys who used to make Zig and Zag for Big Breakfast. Oh, yeah. And one of them voices an Irish character in the new series doing his Zig voice. And there's like a whole bunch of random Zig and Zag references <laughs> worked into it. But um, yeah, Rescue Bots for little toddlers. You've got little kids. They're watching Rescue Bots and Cyberverse. It's much better than this just mess. At least the toys are good. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they all look like Generation 1 Transformers, but they don't on the show. No. But the show characters have all got... They've got the freaking... They've got the little ports where you plug on the explosions on the figures. They've got, like, holes in their arms where you plug weapons into them and the toys. It's like... Oh, like the... Um, yeah. The, the, um, the Marvel action figures, the yeah. weird special effects. Like, they've designed these characters to look specifically like the toys. Kai arts. But then they haven't, like, updated the models for the next series because no. the next series has nothing to do with Earth. No, but I mean, that's laziness, isn't it? It's toy manufacturing nowadays. Well, the toys have got it. It's the show. Mm. <laughs> the show, they're just... They're such low budget, they have to avoid going to Earth in a series called Earthrise. It's CGI, isn't it? Yeah. Why don't they just make it so that there's no one on Earth? Just be like, oh no! That's what they're doing. They're going to the prehistoric time in the next series, aren't they? They crash landing on Earth at the end of this, and it's prehistoric. Oh, right. So that's where Beast Wars comes into it. So you've got the Beast Wars yeah, toys next it, year. Yeah, I, re- I realise what you mean now. Okay. But, yeah, so then they can't have the Earth form cars and stuff, because there's going to be no cars. I don't know why they don't just make it so Transformers just like, we invented cars. Well, they got, they've got their own forms, haven't they? They've got cars on Cybertron. It's just yeah, but why Cybertron they cars? cars. They already have roads. They have roads. No, no, everything's like everything looks like the top of a fucking tenement building in, yeah. in New York. No, doesn't they got roads in Cybertron? Do they? Yeah, even no, races and all sorts. No, they yeah, they've probably got arenas for ro- like racing, but they drive else. everywhere. Everywhere's flat. It's a flat planet, like Earth. Cybertron roads, <laughs> roads on Cybertron. Yeah, roads everywhere. The following thirteen pages. Well, that transform I just got doesn't need roads. Where he's going. <laughs> Anyway. No, no, see, like, everything looks like... It doesn't Depends look... on what version of Cybertron you're looking at. In the Michael okay. Bay movies, it was a mass of hexagons and spikes. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks it like angry. a tenement building. Yeah. There was roads on it in the Bumblebee movie, though. That Bumblebee movie had the best, like, ten minutes of Transformers action ever at just the beginning. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay, I get it. I give you... Whatever. <laughs> Woo! <laughs>
Double week. Don't worry. So that's your review, is it? Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to move on to the more important part. We're going to celebrate some of the great stuff we had in 2020. Yeah, one movie. One movie each. I'm going to go movie first. Movie of the year. I'm going to pick something stupid. Are you? Yeah. Surprise, yeah. surprise. I've seen a lot of films this year, Ant, surprisingly. They've come out this year? Yeah. We saw Wonder Woman. I saw Tenet. I saw New Mutants. Tenet. Tenet. I saw New Mutants. I saw the New two... Mutants came out in 2018. What are you on about? <laughs> I saw the two Riz Ahmed films, the one he directed and the one he didn't. Um, they're Isn't both he the excellent. one who touched a girl? Riz Ahmed? Which one is he? Riz Ahmed's the, the Asian dude from fucking... From the UK. He was in Rogue One. Oh, I'm thinking of... Um, who's the one from the show? Masters of... No, not Masters. I can't remember. What? I'm sure his name was Riz. What are you thinking of? The other guy. The one who was in Parks and Recs a little bit. Oh, you're talking about... Um, oh, God, I can't even fucking remember his name now. Master of None. Yeah, that's it. Um, I can't remember. He's not doing stand-up anymore, is he? No, because he... he no, he didn't, like, let's not conflate these stories, because as much as I fucking, I am all for calling people out for being shitty people, that was a weird story in the first place. It was all about consent. Basically, he slept with a girl, and she may or may not have been into it, but sort of went through with it, because he may have been a little bit more insistent, but that's more about consent and how people deal with challenges against consent. That's a fucked up situation still, and yes, he should have been rightly judged for it, but I think that... The problem is that happened around the same time as the Louis C.K. thing where Louis C.K. was actually sexually assaulting women. It wasn't a situation where Louis C.K. went to those... Louis C.K. got a new special on Netflix. Yeah, fucking probably. No. um, Riz Ahmed, who's I'm talking about, you're talking about... God, what was his fucking name? I'm going to have to do this just because I don't want to... Again, I don't want to mix up two people. And I feel like you're racist for bringing this up anyway. Yeah, definitely. Aziz Ansari. Um, so yeah, Riz Ahmed did two two fantastic films released by him recently, and they're they're both amazing. Um, one of them is about a they're both about disease and struggling with loss. One of them is about a drummer in a rock band who suddenly starts going. Well, one is it anyway, so I can put the title on the thing. Oh right, yeah. Sorry, my film of the year. It's really stupid. I'm gonna fucking pick um, Love and Monsters. Oh yeah, he I wasn't in that pun. No, no, he wasn't. I was explaining the other films I'd seen this year. And I don't trying care about to... that. I just want to get... Well, no, but I want to talk about the year. That's the whole fucking point is to do the best no, of 2020. No, just talk about We the have best. to sort of give some comparable information because nah. the whole year, some people haven't been to the cinema, whereas I've had the opportunity to go to the cinema three or four times. You've even gone to the cinema once this year because once, of me. Just Because once. of me. Um, but, um, I've got COVID from it. But I've essentially done everything I can to have a year where I can see as much as possible. You know... Things like Wonder Woman, I made sure that we got tickets to go see it in the cinema, and then it turns out that was the only day cinemas were actually open. Yeah. Fucking insane, isn't it, to think about that? Um, but yeah, so we managed to go see that, and I, as I said, I saw Tenet and things like that. And and the problem is that so many of those films failed to connect with me. Riz Ahmed's films came the closest, and they are fantastic, the spectacular works of cinema. The problem is that they are much like um, The Revenant from, from 2015. The Revenant is a fucking spectacular movie. It's the one where Leonardo DiCaprio gets hunted by a bear. Oh, not the one with the zombie guys are shooting other zombies. No, that's amazing. That's from 20, that's 2008. And that's a really good film with David Anders. All right. Don't you start talking about The Revenant, the other one, because I'll talk about that for ages. But no, but, um, but basically, yeah, those films are harrowing. They're difficult to watch again. They're not films that I want to repeat watching. Despite them being amazing, they are just. Yeah, they're prestige pictures. 
he deserves a fucking Oscar for the one where he loses his hearing. It's incredible. His performance is amazing. But that's not what I needed this year. I don't think that's what anyone needed this year. I needed a film about a guy being in love with a girl, not being able to see her for seven years, and when he finally gets out of his bunker and goes on the adventure to go and see her, which in a measly 85 miles, like I walk that in a week on a weekly basis. <laughs> he he makes a journey of 85 miles through harsh environments where giant monsters are trying to kill him to get to this girl, and it all turns out it's kind of for now, because she sort of moved on in those seven years, even if he didn't. She had access to seeing people and had survivors come through her camp, whereas he didn't. And it's sort of like this, he goes on the spectacular and it's not really about the relationship in the long run. It's more about the fact that he is just proving to himself that, you know, he can evolve, he can learn in this world where it seems like there is no chance for survival, where there's no chance for a normality. He's found a way of doing it and it's just by taking that first step. And I loved it. I've watched it about three or four times since it came out. I remember Mark Commode cut the disc up he got sent for it. What, for Love of Monsters? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Let's, do you want to Google that whilst I talk about this film more? Because I loved it. Um, but yeah. I'm pretty sure he hated it. I, I don't care. Because Mark Kermode loves fucking Mamma Mia. I don't really care. Like, people have you different... You love Mamma Mia. You're watching no, it all I the time. Like Mamma Mia. You have it on stream non-stop. People like different things. And as much as I respect Mark Mode, like, there is a reason why critics exist. They exist so that they can give a critical eye to films of their own opinion. It's never, it's never based... Entirely on film theory, it's always based on feelings and the way that people react to oh, things. Oh no, it was like thinking of ending things he cut in half. Did he really not like that film? That's another good one. No, no, no I guess he didn't. He put it down there with um, Joker and Doolittle. So. I mean, to be fair, that's the kind of chaos that Joker wants. He's only delivering to the Joker what he wants. Um, but yeah, Love and Monsters, just this. It's, it's a film I'm going to watch again. And I'll, I'll probably watch it a couple more times after that. Like, it is the kind of thing that I just needed. And as a, as a, like, a, as a popcorn film, this deserved an audience. It really deserved to be seen as soon as it deserved an audience. And it's such a shame that I think that people are going to miss out getting a chance to see this. Um, because it is so much fun and so interesting. And just in general, it's, it's so hopeful. Like, you get punched in the gut a couple of times during it. That Dylan O'Brien is the main character. Michael Rooker is like seasoned vet living out there. The eight-year-old little girl that he's hanging out with, she's very charming, very good actress. She's really good in it as well. She basically helps Joel sort of come to terms with the idea that he doesn't have to settle because that's essentially what he's doing. He's holding on to a crush for seven years and residing himself to either finding that person or just being alone forever, settling on the idea of loneliness, which is so horribly depressing. But it's it's just, it's one of those things that I just needed it when it came out. And I think that, yeah, it deserves an audience in it. The, the whole thing of it, like the way they use the budget, the way everything looks, it's so well put together. And it's just my film of 2020. It's so stupid to say that. Because films like Mank came out and like... Didn't even bother watching that. Did you not? No. It was all right. It's all right. I think that um, there could be a more interesting film made about the actual production of... Um, of um, Citizen Kane rather than just a film about the writer of Citizen Kane but you know David Fincher likes to make his weird films when when am I going to get my um, my my uh, Mindhunter season 3 you fuck he's never doing season 3 he needs to he said do. he doesn't feel like doing another season they said do you want to make a film instead and he was like yeah sure 
And so he made Mank. Yeah. Is it a secret mind hunter film? Yeah, he's not. And they're in the background of several scenes just yeah. questioning people. And there's a guy in one scene that turns around and says, I wonder what it's like to cut a woman's head off and fuck the hole. And he's like, hmm. Which hole? You made a new hole when you cut the head off. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I think that, yeah, Love and Monsters. For David Cameron, you could use the veins. Yeah, that's true. Because um, his micro penis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's awful. Uh, but yeah, it's just the film I needed this year. And like I said, I, I hope more people see it. And I hope that it does. There is potential for a sequel to this. And I think that Dillard Bryan could carry a sequel. And there could be more entertaining and interesting ideas. Because they do hint towards, at the end of the film, there's mention of ice spiders and things like that. They basically, the idea is towards the end of the film that Joel is like, I've got an idea. I got told by someone if we go to the mountains, there might not be any monsters because everything's cold blooded. That's the stuff that grew big. So they stay in warmer climates. And then at the end, you see Michael Rooker on a roof and he's got the radio and he doesn't respond to Joel's little message that's playing. He puts it down and he goes, they're probably not going to survive the ice spiders. And then the little girl's like, yeah, nor the snow dragons. And he's like, they're not going to make it. They're like, what a prick. That's great. That's a nice little like, you know, there'll be something else. Um, but yeah, and the monsters look fucking phenomenal. Didn't expect it. But it's kind of like um, a lot of the monsters come across as like, extended variations of the ideas you see in that one King Kong scene that I love where they fall in the pit and you've got the fucking creepy crawly monsters start coming out like it's basically like an extended you're on about the King Kong movie from 2005 yeah yeah Yeah. with Adrian Brody really good film yeah really good film I like it see this is the problem right you hate that film I don't hate the film it's just boring as sick. Yeah, there's like massive blocks like of four hours long. Yeah. It, it acts as if Colin Hanks died and then doesn't tell you what happened to him for like a full hour and then suddenly he's just in the scene again. No, you see Colin Hanks get whipped in the face. Oh, you haven't watched the director's cut. There's a four hour director's cut. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I've watched. And you see, you know when Kong gets whipped in the face with a bunch of that chlorophyll? Like Kong pulls one of the Not ropes. Colin, fat Colin Hanks. Yeah, Colin Hanks. Yeah, someone whacks it and he's like, oh no, he's dead. No, 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 no. So he, like, King Kong pulls a rope out and it whips Colin Hanks in the face and he's got blood going down his face. And then the next scene, Jack Black's helping him up and he's getting him to film it. He's, like, pushing the camera into his hands and getting him to film it. And he's like, my face, my face. He's like, film it, film it. And makes him film what's happening. Um, yeah. That film, like, yeah. Love of Monsters, great film. Less, devi- uh, less divisive than King Kong from 2005. Your, your film of the year, Anne, please, if you would. Uh, did I watch any films that were released this year? I when did X-Men review- Dark Phoenix come out? That was last year. Was it? Or 2018, actually. Maybe Was it? Maybe. I don't know. I think New Mutants was going to come out the year after, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, let, me, let me find out when Dark Phoenix came out for you. I think Dark Phoenix came out just before the pandemic kicked off. No, it didn't. I mean, that would have to be my film in there. Um, no, um, 2019, but it was the 5th of June. Mm. No, I, I watched that eventually. It wasn't very good. Anyway, my film of I the year. Beast was in it. <laughs> it's going to be the best film of the year. What is it? Um, Wonder Woman 80. <laughs> well, I only watched two new films this year. Fuck's sake, Anne. Probably. <laughs> no, Bill and Ted face the music. Yeah, like, okay. Think... Similar sort of thing to me. You've not gone for a prestige pick. You've no, not gone, you've gone for something that's just nice. Yeah. Just a nice, nice to see Yell pals again, having a wacky adventure through this time through space and time and the multiverse and shit and like you know it has a nice message and it's a lovely film and all these other films are just sort of eh, and they don't stick with you. Like Wonder Woman eighty four was fine, I enjoyed it. 
doesn't stick Loads with me. Loads of people hate that film. Yeah, and it was, it was really bothering me. I was watching the Red Letter Media review, and they yeah. seemed to dismiss everything. Yeah, but I'm not like... Okay. like they, they were going, did she, no, she didn't renounce her wish until the final battle, Mike was oh, saying. No. And they literally used a clip where she's running away and yeah. cut it just before she says, I renounce my I know, wish. I know, I know. And you see a heel. It's like... I think that they I think they are a little bit trying to wind people up with that video and also at the same because um I listened to the Mr. Sunday movies episode they did about that film mm. and they did something similar that they missed something that I thought was obvious because I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it twice now. Why well, saw it so for people that don't We're know I'm talking I, about Wonder Woman though. Yeah, sorry, sorry, go for it. But that's the thing, people keep not paying attention to films. Yeah. But anyway, it's fine. But at least Friggin' Bill and Ted face the music leaves you with a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling. Yeah, and it's nice to see them finally do another film together. And it wasn't a it wasn't a disaster. It was a jolly good fun time. That charisma's still there, isn't it, between them two? Yeah, it's weird that like before Keanu Reeves was the least act- wooden actor out of the two of them. Now he's the most wooden, and Alex Winter carries a lot of that film. <laughs> Like, he's been gone from acting for a long time, but holy mm. shit, can he carry a film? I saw still. some people saying that Keanu Reeves seems like he's not, his heart's not in it, and I'm like... His heart's 100% same, in it. Yeah, the, his, the thing is, is that part of Bill's character in this is he's the one of the two who has lost his passion for everything. Yeah. So him seeming a bit tired is that, but he's not, by the end of the film, he's not. He's running around the place having a jolly good time. Oh, yeah. Having a laugh. And I, love, like, when, I love that. Whenever we, he starts talking physics with freaking Kid Coody. Yeah. And like, that's freaking just like he's getting into it. And he goes, hi, I'm one of many me's that are around right now. Can you please don't? <laughs> I love the idea that they get a problem and they come up with a stupid way of solving it, but they solve the problem. Hmm. Like the bit where they're like, we can't let them know what our plan is. Yeah, because they'll remember what we've done in this moment. Okay, and they put buckets on their heads because I don't know where the fuck they're going. And it's like, that kind of makes sense in a really stupid way. It's, um, it's the whole thing when, you know, like when a technician tries to solve a problem and they come up with the most ridiculously... Yeah convoluted way here's a good story my brother once couldn't figure out why his wireless mouse wasn't working yeah. and he was trying all sorts and things and he had a wired mouse plugged up to the computer and then one day I sat down on the computer went to move the mouse he hadn't told me it was broken I just took the battery out put a new one in and started using it because <laughs> he hadn't changed the battery Yeah, that's that's all it was because technicians will always try and find the most complex solution to a problem when Bill and Ted is perpetually they are thinking the dumbest, simplest way to solve something, and it works. But it's not like it's not just that. Like I, I have to when I when the film opens and you see them at the wedding, mm. and they are incredibly competent musicians in almost every instrument available yeah. to them, including throat singing. Yeah, and um, and so you have to think like you get a theremin out, can always yeah. run over with a theremin. Straight in that moment, I was like, oh, okay, Bill and Ted have committed to coming up with the best song ever. Like they've genuinely committed. They haven't just gone. We're just going to make that song eventually. Mm. The thing is, they've playing. overthought it. Yeah, and that's the problem. They've gone yeah. too far. Because they, the reason that they were destined to create the best song ever was because they were just going to make this music that was passionate, was about them. Yeah. But then once they got told they were going to make that music, they're like, oh, fuck, we've got to learn every type of music because it could be any of them. Yeah. <laughs> and they got really good at everyone. But yeah, I really liked it. I, I agree with you. Beautiful, fun film. It's almost the exact same sentiment that I went for with Love and Monsters. Yeah. And also, I've I've watched Bill and Ted like two or three times because so, I got I got the VOD one that I let you watch, mm. and I have watched it since then. And it is just every time there are little bits and pieces that I see that I really enjoy. Really fucking like the robot. People got yeah, annoyed with that people robot. complain about the princess's storyline being taken out. The princess's storyline is there. It's yeah. in the background. Like the, they appear all the time. Yeah, they constantly like like the when they lose the time machine. And they come out and the time machine's missing. It's because the princesses have ran off of it. Yeah. The future princesses who were just there 
have run off with the time machine and now they've gone back in time to pick up the previous t- princesses mm. from the therapy session, which is where they left them and all this problem started. Yeah. It's like there's like all these causality loops going on in that film. I like the little hints as well at like, I could kind of, from the beginning, as soon as you see the daughters and you hear them talk about music and you hear them talk to Bill and Ted, mm. I was like, I see where this is going. I don't think that they ever tried to hide that. It was always about them. It was just more the fact that Bill and Ted... It's not that they make the music. The song's... Like, at the end of the day, the song is still... Just one note. Bill and it? Ted, who did the song. Yeah, it's just one note. Isn't they, that the point? Like, everybody plays the same note at the same time? Yeah, it's all like that. They all yeah. play the song together and yeah. all that. But the thing is, everyone always goes, it's oh, that's all loads of the incel types raging, saying, oh, it's the daughters who end up making the music at the end, they're stealing their legacy. It's like, no, it's everyone comes together. The whole yeah. point is the entire world comes together. It's still Bill and Ted who walk on stage and they're the ones who play at the moment to kick off the whole I love finale. Like, I, I do have to say that it's really nice that in this modern day and age, you can see the Bill and Ted story structure in the background of a Bill and Ted film and it's still as infectious and fun as mm. it was back in the 80s. Yeah. Like seeing the daughters go and be like, I've got the idea. Let's just assemble the greatest musicians ever. But instead of it being like, instead of it being like, let's, let's assemble the musician, the, the historical figures we need, it's the musicians. And because their knowledge is so great, because their parents have handed down that knowledge, like Bill and Ted are obviously great teachers because the kids have picked yeah. up so much. And they're immediately like, I've got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Jimi Hendrix and is it Mozart or is it Bach or who is it? It's Mozart, the deaf one. Yeah. Because um, everyone's reacting to the noise of the yeah. time machine coming down and he's yeah, just sitting there like, playing. He's like, hmm, what? Yeah. But um, in this yeah, one, Jimi like, Hendrix, Mozart, friggin', uh, was it Al Jolson or someone? No, it wasn't. It was um, Thingy. Um... Al Green? No, not Al Green. It was something more obvious than that. Yeah. Our skies are blue. Uh, Might have been King Creole. I can't remember. I can't remember. They get Kid Cootie. They steal a whole bunch of people. Kid Cootie's really good. This, yeah. He's another one who brings like everyone has this weird infectious energy that I just like the whole mm. film, like the whole film towards the end. I was just smiling. Yeah. Like even even um, Bill's brother mate is marrying Missy. Yeah. That was a great joke. I fucking love that. It's like I can't believe Missy divorced your dad's marrying your brother. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like it was, it's just, it's happy Bill film. and Ted are the only ones who didn't end up with Missy. That's true. Everyone got a turn on Missy. Well, they got the princesses. Yeah. Do you remember when I invited your mum to prom, dude? <laughs> <laughs> that was, was that Bogus Journeys? Uh, yeah, it's no, Bogus Journeys. Yeah, it was Bogus yeah. Journeys, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, Bogus Journeys has that great line where it's like, hey, do you think when we're married the um, the princesses will live with us? Oh, <laughs> God, yeah. Um, but no. That was a good time. That's the most uplifting film of the year. So put it on your TV box. Yeah. Buy it on the Blu-ray. We need it. Yeah. We need Bogus Journey on 4K because. Well, I don't know. First if, and third are now, so that's probably going to be a while before that comes out. Yeah, want it? Because I think that there's a bunch of issues with. Is it with music rights on that one? Don't care. Just release it. Yeah. Just, yeah, so just put it out. Anyway, your thing. Okay, so it's TV next. Yeah, I don't know, whatever TV shows. Ugh. Oh, this is this is the tough one. Um, yeah, Transformers Earth, right? <laughs> so Gareth Evans' uh, TV series <laughs> Gangs of London came out this year, and it was possibly my favourite TV... Well, I think it is my favourite TV series of 2020. Um, there have been other, there's been other stuff that came out. Didn't we get Stranger Things this year, or was that year before? No, 
last year. That's last year. Um, but we've got a few different things like Queen's Gambit's come out. I haven't had the chance to watch it yet. We finally got Sweet Home, which is the manhwa adaptation that I spoke about last month. Um, and then we also had Alice in Borderland, which was again another manga. Just name adaptation. the thing. Of- but yeah, Gangs of London. Gangs of London. Yeah, it's a violent. On beautiful program that is um that is painting a convoluted picture of a very simple problem um when a gangster who is involved in real estate and what would be called a clean front to his gangland activities is killed by a low level low level um not career criminal but more like a homeless kid who's fallen into crime and when that when that kid kills him a lot of stuff comes to surface and at first it appears like the killing was completely, completely accidental and everything that happened was just a horrible coincidence. It turns out that he was actually planning to leave the family high and dry and run away with his mistress and at the same time expose some of the misdeeds by leaving a vacuum in London. Um, and it's what about vacuum? his family. What? Hoover. <laughs> um, it's a, it's, it's about his family sort of, um, firstly, Firstly, making sure that people understood that they were still very much in charge, them reigning in the powers around them, but at the same time also investigating what's happened, why it happened, and what other things are happening that they may, may or may not be aware of. Um, Gareth Edwards, uh, Gareth, Gareth Evans is the director. It's too many of these Gareths. <laughs> He's the director of, of, um, of, um, the Raid 1 and 2, which I loved, and also the. Is that the one? Yeah. So it's not Gavin. Is it Gavin? I don't know, man. There's too many of them, man. There's the freaking guy who did King Godzilla and Rogue One, and there's freaking Luke Evans and uh, Gareth Evans. Gareth Evans is that his name? Which one's the one who did King? Did Godzilla? I think it's Gareth Evans as well. No, it's different person. The raid guy and the King and the Godzilla guy are two different people. They're both British, I think Welshmen even, who just went overseas and started making movies in other countries because at the same time. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so he did Apostle, the Raid, and Raid Two. Yeah, so um, so yeah, so it's it's one guy. One guy is um, one guy is basically just he is a bouncer at a pub who has some ties to criminal activity and is making a little bit of money. And he accidentally gets involved with the family during the funeral. He stops some people from causing a ruckus, and from causing there, a ruckus causing a ruckus in the UK. And suddenly, from there, the whole thing just... He gets embroiled in everything, and at the same time, the um, the the son who is taking the place of his father as the head of the family is also dealing with his tenuous grasp on both reality and also um, what his responsibilities are in London. And it's just fucking spectacular. It's ten episodes. I watched it in the space of two days. And there is, there is a fight, um, and you'll understand this. So London is famous for having pubs that are very, very old. And a lot of those pubs have uh, have uh, beer gardens, but they're not really gardens. They're more like a, a five it's where the meters beers grow on plants no, and stuff. They're like a five meter by five meter concrete fucking slab. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah with stairs that go with a up. Broken toilet. With a broken toilet attached. And then yeah. stairs that go up. They're always somehow. Is that one pub in Guildford that's got the? Um, oh, you talk about the the rock one. It's got like a little garden out the back of it that you're supposed to sit in and stuff. And the toilets there are terrible. Like the urinal literally just has a gap at the end of it yeah. where the piss falls into a hole. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, so yeah. so basically they're just like concrete areas where you've maybe got like a, a really shit picnic table mm. or a pool pool table, and then you've got these stairs that are always somehow... Use some vines yeah. on something. And then you've got stairs that are made out of concrete as are well. Are we talking about this? Oh, because I'm explaining one specific scene that made this series spectacular for uh. me. And you've got stairs that are always somehow slimy, but sticky, and wet, but dry, 
And like when you walk up them, like yeah, you're always at risk once. of breaking a leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do that all once. There's a fight scene in one of those where people I can't see the mats and I can't see how they're landing and not dying. He kicks someone over like this. You just evades the mats. No, no, but like literally, you're seeing impacts and stuff. It looks amazing. This is what I'm saying. Like that's yeah, small I could leg. Out the mat. I could. I could read. Yeah, but listen, listen. <laughs> I'm talking about the fight scene. It's yeah. a tiny arena where the camera is constantly moving to follow the action. It's, it's all. Like, there are cuts. It's not one of those series that goes for, like, one cut. But the cuts make sense, and you see the full action of something before it transitions into the next cut. Instead of it being 50 cuts to jump over a fucking fence, it's one cut to see yeah, one are you action. you taking a stab at Taken 3? Oh, yeah. I'm always taking yeah, a stab at Taken Yeah, everyone always takes a stab at that. I know. But there is a scene where this guy kicks a guy over the edge of one of those one of those horrible concrete railings. He goes over the edge of it, lands on the ground. But as he lands on the ground, his head hits the fucking picnic table. And it's just like, poof, poof, oh. and it's just so many wincy moments. Like someone gets their head pushed against the wall. Wincy moments. Wincy, wincy moments. Uh, someone gets their head pushed against the wall. Wincy moments. <laughs> There's a fight involving a meat cleaver and a fucking mattress in like a crack den. Nice. And there is just, there's a shootout in like a very shitty back alley. There's like all kinds of just so well done set pieces. And they all kind so of. Just like the getaway. They utilise London's geography and a realistic sense of the buildings and, and the environments you would find in that place, rather than what you find in American films when anyone goes to London, they're like, oh, look how lovely this is. Everything's clean, there's no one around, and they're like walking down like the road and there's no cars around. I like around. the really accurate depiction of London that's in Uncharted too. Oh, what, were they going to the pub? Yeah. And that's in Uncharted 3. It's Uncharted 3? It's Uncharted 3, because that's where you find the newspaper it's that talks about. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. Oh, mate, what are you doing? I remember they had a British person working on it. Oh, you know, I made sure it was all incredibly accurate to a British pub. It's like, so you've clean. never been in a London It's so pub. clean. There is not a single beard. There's all the wallpaper is still on the walls. Yeah. It's completely clean. They have hundreds of glasses. There's no room to stand in a London pub. Yeah, exactly. You and don't like, go in a London pub to drink. You go in a London pub to get a drink to take away. Yeah, or stand outside with. Yeah. In the street, like a real alley bum. But yeah, um, Gangs of London is spectacular. It's fucking phenomenal. And I think the action elevates what is already a very interesting story that's quite intricately writ- like written. And and I like the fact that it's, instead of you being like, ooh, what's the shadowy organisation up to? Like, it's very clearly they're real estate, but they're taking over large areas around London for very little money so they could take advantage of the populace and just buy land from poor people to fuck them over and sell it to rich people. That's all it is. And also, a lot of those rich people, they're doing it with, like, ill-gotten gains that they're just funneling into this little company. Like, that's all it is. But you don't know who the top, like, super rich people are. You only know the gangsters. It's Ben Kingsley. <laughs> you only know the gangsters and the low-level people and the people that are fighting for those people up in the clouds. It's Danny but, Dyer, in it? <laughs> but the idea is that some of the people that may have been working on those low levels could eventually, but they can't. Their hands are clean. Like, the people that are controlling everything are clean. Everyone who's on the floor, they are filthy. They're getting down in the mark and they don't realise it. They think there's some level of class or like class or interest to them and there just isn't. There's like an awesome episode where it's all all set in a like country, like a small shitty country house where this woman is just running a bullet farm below the house. She's making bullets for like cheap guns. So is it a very fine shit. house? Pardon? Very fine house. No. In the country? No. It's not. It's horrible. It's very gross. But there's... Does he drink, like, smoke, laugh, takes herbal baths in the this, country? But this bullet farm accidentally comes under the arrow of some gypsies that were hired by another person to take it all just weaves together and it's so grim and so gritty and so fucking great and I'm I'm considering watching it again now that I'm talking about it because I've realised how much I loved it uh, your review and your TV show of 2020 please uh, I didn't even bother watching most TV shows in 2020 I didn't even finish Better Call Saul 
Did you not? No, I've still is got three episodes series? left. No, next series is last series. I've talked I think about I've before. before yeah. <laughs> um, no, She-Ra, the season, the last season. That was last year. No, it was this year. It came out in May this year. No, it didn't. Yes, it did. No, it didn't. Anyway, May May fifteenth, twenty twenty. No, because you talked about Shira last year. No, I didn't. I've talked about Shira every year for the last three years because it's great. But the last season of Shira and the Princesses of Power was fan flipping tastic, and it just sort of did such a good job of tying everything together and giving a real nice, good again feel good ending for a series. Even though I think there should be a movie just to tie up a few loose ends. You know what no, I'm saying? Yeah. Came up with things saying there might be a movie on here. No, there better be a movie. I want a movie, six seasons and a movie. Is that the thing people say? That's they made up in community, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but All right, May 15th. Yes, yeah, see? Fucking anyway, the last season was great. The way it just tied together everything, the way you had the full... Because Catcher and She-Ra have had this whole tension thing that's clearly a sexual tension going on yeah. the last few seasons. Of course. And then they just frigging went for it in the last season, well, the last episode, but they built up to it and they made sure it meant something and they got you behind the characters and there was real growth in the characters and Scorpio got to wear a dress and beat loads of people up in one episode which was great who's Scorpio? Scorpio's awesome big buff lady she Scorpio kind of, imagine Zarya from Overwatch but with giant claws for hands from what? Overwatch what? remember Overwatch? No. it's a game it's a really no, popular game play people Overwatch. play it I've even played it once loser Um, but no I really liked it I liked what they did with Hordak and they sort of like they sort of turned him into this pathetic mewling little run. Mewling Quim. Yeah, he's because basically, like Hordak is scary and scary on the planet. Yeah, like everyone's like he's the most terrifying thing in the universe. But the moment the planet gets pulled back into the universe, it's actually from because in the storyline it turned out that the planet Eternia or whatever it was, planet I can't remember the name of the planet. Eternia is one from He Man. But the planet is in like its own dimension. Yeah, that's why there's no other planets in the sky, or stars and stuff in the sky. Mm. Um, and it was basically hidden there at some point to save it from Horde Prime, who's Hordak's boss. And the moment Horde Prime turns up and he's like, "You gave yourself a name to Hordak because Hordak's not meant to have a name. Yeah, he's meant to just be a clone that's part of his army." And he's like, "You worthless little thing!" And he brainwashes him, and Hordak turns back into this sniveling little. Like, yes, master, yes, master, and all this sort of stuff. Mm. And it sort of builds on that, and he realises, no, I've got power, I've got my own power. I don't have to be power this... Power of magic, this, friendship. Yeah, I don't have to follow For this everyone. stuff. And he gets a little smile on his face, and he beats people up. They, they manage to do a nice redemption art to the monster, that is Hordak. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, he was a victim of an abusive parent, is what the storyline's built around for Fighter him. Of the so, you know, give him, a, give him a little bit of slack for the Jack, you know, murders the he's committed before but whatever but he's not the nightman he's not the day man or the nightman but um no it's a really fun finale it just does suddenly end though that's the only thing that bothered me is that they defeat the evil thing and then it just literally like there's about 30 seconds of stuff after it ends because i guess they're running up against an animation budget and a time budget and all that sort of stuff to wrap it up which is why i think we need another series because there's still a certain (laughs) or a film at least there's still certain things that are not so much left dangling as just outright ignored that I want wrapped up. So, what would you say your biggest like your? But biggest, it was great. What would be your? What would be the thing that you'd want the next series to actually be around? What would be the main? Decider? That's why I say I need a movie because you just need some Catcher and Shiva working together as a cool team, and maybe working out the few last little issues they have. But also, you need Scorpio being happy. I wanted to have a cool new outfit. It's not the Horde outfit. Because Scorpio's lovely. Yeah. I want Bo and um, Glimmer to, you know, be like, hey, 
Let's bang. Yeah. Because they, bl- they blatantly want to. Um, and, you know, maybe Entrapta can have uh, um, a new robot pet. Who? Entrapta. She's lovely. She makes traps. Oh, okay. She walks on her hair. Her hair's long and it's alive. Oh. She's cool. Wait, like like the lady from The Inhumans? Yeah, but, like, it, it's animated well. Oh, right. It's actually animated. They don't, they don't shave, shave it off no, in okay. one episode. This is, that's a clever move. Yeah. Because you could use something like that. Yeah. Uh. Inhumans was terrible. I mean, it was the worst. <laughs> it was awful. Well, yeah, Anson Mount was in it. Everyone likes Who? Anson Mount. Who? He's um, Pike in Star Trek Discovery Season 2. Oh! Yeah. Silent Man. Yeah. Silent but he deadly. Was Black Bolt, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah. Black Bolt was in that series. Not a waste. That was going to be a film, remember that? Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do. And then suddenly the logo changed from Inhumans to uh, Eternals. Yeah. I still don't know how they're going to fucking do Eternals. Uh, have you read the Eternals comic this is based on? It's probably best not to. Just, it's a fucking nightmare, mate. Like it, it's but... a fucking nightmare, mate. Yeah. It's got imaginary, like, they're like, hey, look, you can see yourself now. He's like, yeah, I can. Oh, I guess I can fly. Yeah. I guess my arm is back now. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. like, look, I get it. You want to make this, but come, guys. It's, an, it's a property they own, so they've got to make it. I don't know how... What is it going to... Like, once you've got gods on Earth, essentially, immortal gods that never die on Earth, what's the point in any other superhero? You don't need them. Just get rid of them. Everybody's going to hate... I think that's kind of the point, isn't it? Because even though they're, like, superpowered and they could do whatever, they choose not to. They choose not to get involved in conflicts. And I think that'll be that'll be the main conflict, is the fact that they are unwilling to fight for the Earth. They're only willing to fight if it's a celestial being that threatens the chances yeah, of them. They had the name, and they're going to use it, and it'll be nothing like the comic. Don't yeah. say that. It might be like the comic. No, she Season 3 is one of the few shows that started this year that I finished. Yeah, you actually watched it. Yeah. I was going to try and watch Carmen Rider Zero One because everyone says it's rad as Flip, but I haven't got around to it yet. I don't know what your language means. These kids these days with a Flip? Yeah. Flip? But, um... Like flippity doo but it's not. I mean, Ultraman Z was fun. That's the only other show I think I finished this year. I did Transformers t- Earthrise. Was uh, Swamp Thing this year? No, I didn't watch that. Was that this year though? That was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was last year. Yeah, because it was part of DC Universe. I mean, there were other good things as well. You probably would have really liked. Um, what was the weird superhero thing? Um, and the boys. No, the weird DC one with Melton Man and Cyborg and. Oh, Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. You yeah, probably, I still watched that. You probably would have loved Doom Patrol, but you didn't watch it. No, that's too much. I think that it. would actually, I think that would actually probably be your program of the year if you actually watched it. Yeah, but it's is as gay as She-Ra. Yeah, it's super gay. Oh, I oh. thought you knew it was super gay. Oh, it's like it's all about unrequited love and people dealing with trauma and the fact that does it have a giant scorpion woman? I think it's got a giant goat. Uh, and they got the goat's bum, and uh, inside the goat is a I mini don't need, dimension. I don't need that. That's the I kind just of want thing you're Scorpio into. blasting What's things. What's that video I saw you watching the other day where that woman was having sex with a dog? Oh no, that was Zoo. You were watching that Zoo. Family Guy, the episode where, <laughs> where oh Lois God, and... God, I forgot about that thing. Lois and Brian. Yeah, I forgot have... about that being a thing. Jesus. Anyway, what's your game of the year? Oh yeah, so game of the year. So yeah, so uh, 2020, one of the only things that's consistently happened are fucking video games have come out, isn't it? Like that's kind of the only media that survived this with unscathed, I'd say. I think it's funny the music industry hasn't been able to sell CDs and stuff, and they've had to rely entirely on streaming. Yeah. As well, they haven't been able to sell CDs. They haven't been able to tour or do concerts or yeah 
it's been a bit of a nightmare for that industry. Well, for all entertainment industries except for video games. Spotify's got this attitude. Oh, the reason you're not making enough money on Spotify is because you're not releasing new songs every week. Ah, oh, yeah, that's right. Because musician music is famously a production farm where you just like churn out songs every week. That's the problem, isn't it? That Spotify is it's using the YouTube method. Yeah. Which doesn't really make any sense. It doesn't work for YouTube. No. Well, YouTube <laughs> doesn't work for YouTube. And I think I, I think that YouTube is going to drastically change again this year because I think that the way that they're the way that they're doing ad revenue and stuff like that is way too easily manipulated, and so they're probably going to have to work out a lot of stuff this year. They're already whispers about shit like that, so we'll see how that goes. Something like I think something's coming in in March. That's what I heard. Oh, they'll just um, embrace conspiracy theories even more. Oh god, yeah, and racists and all the other shit that they have on there. Anyway, that's not the point. We're not talking about Life Simulator 2020. We're talking about the game of the year. So this is the final category. So uh, I will go first again. Um, and uh, yeah, so my game of the year this year. So I, I had like a few in mind, um, and told me not to have one or two. So honorable mention goes to Resident no Evil Three and Last of Us Part Two, both spectacular yes. games that really deserve a lot Don't of attention. Exist. Um, I think that Resident Evil 3 was hard done by because it's short but for me it's been the perfect game because I've just jumped in and out and I've played for it about four or five times at this point um, and I'm going through my sixth playthrough now uh, okay uh, so my game of the year my de facto game of the year has to be Half-Life Alex. and I don't think there is any single game that has done so much in terms of technology and moved forward with so much um, and embraced so much all in one um, it could have been so easily have been a, a complete clusterfuck. It's not Farmville. No, it's not Farmville. Um, so Half Life. I'm going to play Farmville on my phone right now. Oh wait, I can't. They shut it down. <laughs> Half Life Alex is a confusing <laughs> one. I think that people know it's a VR game. They know that there's already a buy-in. I guess that's the same with any game. And you know that I built a PC specifically to play this game. I'm not going to go into that again. There are episodes about that. I spent only 450 quid, guys. You said 600 the other day. No, 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 no. I worked it out. So the motherboard was 110 with the processor and the cooler. Then I had to buy the power supply and RAM, which took to about 70 quid. The case I already had, although I have bought a new case since, and the graphics card was 250, so 400. 400, give or take. How much was the game? 450. Yeah, about 30 quid. How much was the VR headset? Oh, the VR headset was £200. There you go, yeah, 600. 600, 600, yeah. 630, technically. Uh, so I didn't get the VR headset just for Half-Life Alex. to be fair. I bought the VR headset because I had a £200 Amazon voucher from my work when I used to work back in the other place. Um, and then I, I spent another £200 and got a VR headset. But um, Half-Life Alex. so yeah, it's um, it did successfully exactly what other companies are completely unsuccessful in doing now. Um, I hate to harp on Cyberpunk again because I did rip into it last week because it was so dog shit when it was released. But Cyberpunk aimed to just be available on free consoles at once. That's basically it, isn't it? PS4, Xbox, and PC. That was it. Um, and it couldn't do it. It can't run on PS4 and Xbox What? The base consoles anyway. On other consoles, there's more success. But for me, PS4 Pro was still a fucking nightmare. Half-Life Alex released with support for any VR headset that you could plug into your console that had that had the tracking PC. for two controllers. Uh, it's not two on PC. console. Sorry, that you could plug into your PC. It had full support for every headset, not only Valve's own headset, but also for different controllers. Does it work with R-Zone? Pardon? Does it work with the R-Zone? Oh, you can't plug that into a PC. Yeah, uh, no. yeah, there's no You're talking about the red one that yeah, you had on there, the, the one that gives migraines. Yes, yeah, like that's the virtual reality thing I've got. The, oh, yeah, right. yeah. yeah, no. Oh. no. Actual immersive virtual reality I'll just headsets. go back to playing Batman and Robin on it then. <laughs> 
So, um, so I've got the Oculus Quest. I put it on. The game recognised the Oculus Quest was there. There was a little bit of trouble with the Oculus Quest software itself. Not with Steam. Not with Half-Life Alex. It is just their dog shit Oculus software that's made by Facebook. That's the only problem that you have to get around. Um, yeah, that but, lucky Palmer. But once that's all done, and once you're in, you're in. And it is phenomenal. What? You said you're in. That's terrible. That's like the worst <laughs> one so far. Um, and you are. Like, that's the world. You're existing in that, in that world. And the, the start of the game is fantastic. You're in a room. You have all the shit you can interact with. It's like a little tech demo to begin with. You can see all the stuff and play around with loads of things. There are pens you can write on the wall. And people have done spectacular stuff with that engine already. On, on top of that, people have used that. Did you see the guy did a Zoom class? where he didn't have a whiteboard in his house, so instead he put on his VR headset, picked up the pen in the game, and used the whole of the whiteboard space they give you to do equations on the board so that kids could see what he was writing and doing whilst he was in his VR rig. Fantastic. He could have just shared his notepad. I mean, yeah, but that's so much more fun. <laughs> like, that's learning come alive. I don't know. And, like, you, you have all these cans, you have, like, a radio, you can pull the in antenna my day, up. we had, can... like, a pad, and it had, like, pictures on it of different things, and you had a quiz... You had a sheet on it. That Is that pictures. the thing that I found in the cupboard where and you just you pull press... the string and it says cow goes moo? <laughs> no, and you press <laughs> the buttons. Yeah. And it would be like, okay, what thing is goes in this space to fill this sentence out? And it's like, ah, oh, house. So you press the picture of a house. That's what we had when I was a kid. Our teacher would have a laugh, though, and he'd mess with the settings so that it was all wrong. All right. So I had one of those in Spanish in our teaching ones. classes, basically. Hola. Yeah, when I was a kid, I bought one of those, mm. and it was in Spanish. And it was, you know, the Scholastic Books Clubs? Yeah. The, the big metal things that opened up, and they're the books. So I don't know how it got in there, but I got a Spanish one. It was meant to be in English, and uh, I took it home. And, yeah, it was just Spanish words. All the writing was in English, though. Yeah. So Is it like my Megazord? <laughs> Un Megazordo. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you love your Megazord. In Spanish it's, Megazord. It's even more amazing because it's in Spanish. It's like Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, it's like that Buzz Lightyear got reset and he had Korean, wasn't it? Was it Spanish? He got reset to Spanish. He got reset to Spanish. Because he started dancing. Yeah, it. it depends what um, language you watch, though. In the Spanish version, it's a different language. Oh, is it? Um, yeah. Yeah, I probably had the Spanish version. That's awesome. Maybe I grew up in Spain and I didn't realise. Um, but yeah, Half-Life Alex, the technology, that's, like everything about this game, is just amazing. I think that the only thing that's a bit underwhelming is the gun upgrade system, but it doesn't really fucking matter because as soon as you're playing a game where you point a gun at something and fire and you're not using a traditional control map where like you've got all right i've got to get the circle to the point where i want to shoot on the screen because like as much as as much as games advance that is essentially what we're doing with controllers until we like get onto something that's maybe a bit more advanced like a better version of what the Wii have or like a more refined version of the joy cons on the switch until we get to the point where it's like motion comes into it you know we are limited to the constraints of a controller and as soon as you take that out of it and you give yourself two separate controls with two control methods and all the buttons, but you also take into that, that third dimension, like that movement, and it just opens up so much. Like I was, I was taking shots at head crabs that were bouncing over like buckets as they came towards me. And I got one in a bucket with one hand and then just put the gun around into the bucket and fired into the bucket and then turned upside down and a dead head crab dropped out. And I put the bucket on my head and just walked around for no reason. And I was like, why am I doing this in a video? And then, like, you start out doing shit like that just to entertain yourself. Like, there's a part where you go through a, um, you go through an entire building that's been infected with these spores that are poisonous. And when you go through them, you have to hold the controller up to your mouth and hold the trigger to grip, and it holds it over your mouth so that you. And I, and instead of holds me, the gun over your it, mouth. no, it holds your hand over your mouth so you like you, you yeah. improving the spores. 
But if you, the level before, there's like loads of painting equipment and like gas masks for painters. If you just stick one of those on your face, you can just walk through the level without doing that. Yeah. Like it's stupid shit like that where you're like, oh, if I was fucking around with gas masks instead of fucking around with like a, a tin fucking bucket or like fucking like bits of wood I was hitting stuff with, I'd have that opportunity. But then like there's other shit as well. Like it opens, it opens up so much as you like go on. There is a shootout that goes on whilst you're in a, like a flat building. You're moving through the different apartments. Then on the outside, you've got the combine, um, struts that go between the buildings and their elevator system. So as you're going through, you're having a shootout and like busting out windows in people's apartments and like firing on them and then like going into the cupboards and rifling through the cupboards for a little bit of ammo or something and then like throwing plates at people when you run out of ammo and like just all random little bits and pieces like that and it's really fun and it's just insane how well it works. And it's also insane that like um it's taken, what, 10 years since the original Oculus Quest was like made for consumers? I don't know. I think that actually, no, it's been 10 years since the prototype they sold on fucking Kickstarter or whatever. And it, it, it's, it's taken 10 years to make a game that's fully VR. And it, it's not that it's just VR. It's not that you're just in that world. It's the fact that they thought about every different aspect of what you do. Like when you pick up a can, you can hold a can and throw it to create a distraction. If you, if you're just frustrated or you're just trying to fuck around stuff, there's a button to crush it. Oh. Like, and you don't realize you're like, you oh. feel power. Like you just drop it on the floor. And like you there's pick a point, up a baby, and there's a point where just one of the, press the button to crush it. There's a point where one of the aliens gives you gives you a head crab that they've cooked. They're like, you might get hungry along the way. Here, take this, and you take it, and you don't realize it, but you're holding it the whole way because you have to hold buttons to hold it in your hand. And as he's talking to you, you're like nodding along, like okay, okay, and the headset's moving up and down. And you can see your vision going up and down, and you're fully in that moment because this fucking weird alien is talking to you, and like, and he's like, goodbye, Alex, and you're like, oh, bye, mate. What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> Like, the head crab. There's a scene where just you just put it on your head, it'd be fine. <laughs> you can actually put the dead ones on your head. Yeah. Um, there's a scene where you've got a puzzle. All the puzzle is, is it's a plastic tube and a bicycle spoke that keeps this person's body up, and the person is holding a shotgun, and you have to remove the spoke, the pipe from the spoke, and then try and wheel it up with the other hand, and then shove the plastic pipe back in so it stays in place, and then you go and get the shotgun. And as I was doing that, I had my I had the pipe in my hand, right in I the fucking <laughs> and the pipe in the head and I had that and as I was doing it I wasn't moving my hands even though it wouldn't make any difference if I did because it's a VR I was actually trying to keep them as still as possible so I didn't fuck anything I was like okay this it looks like it's alright I'm going to put that in there and I was like, <laughs> like it just it felt like I was interacting with an environment I was being as cautious as possible like there and there are different ways around things like so many, so many scenes you're there with a gun and you're taking pot shots off of things like head crabs or poison head crabs and things like that. But you can get creative. Like I've seen people that have taken, like, like I said, I picked up a bucket. There are people that pick up a bucket and like just a bit of wood and they'll catch a head crab and they'll just put the wood on top of it and they'll just keep their hand on it. And you can see the head crab bopping around trying to get out. And they're just like, no. And they get something heavy and try and put it on top to keep it in place. And they just leave it there. Like, that could be an ethical exterminator. Yeah. yeah. Go, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a fucking... And just let them all out into the it, sea. It goes full horror like two or three times during the game where you've got things like you have... There's a scene... Well, there's a level that's much like the Nemesis in Resident Evil 3 where it stalks you. It's unkillable. It stalks you. And if you make the slightest noise, you can fucking hear it just gunning for you. And it's freaky. Because on the Oculus Quest, they have headphones built into the headset, obviously. And they have, like, surround sound. They mimic surround sound, basically. And um, and as, it, as you're like, you're like, I was I was taking a step, I made a little jump, and I had a wine bottle in my hand, 
and the wine bottle just knocked against the glass window and smashed it. And I heard this, and I was like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, no, run! <laughs> like, just little bits and pieces like that. You have to turn a crank and make no noise, and you can hear him, like, marching around. And if you, you, you like, basically, you have the wheel in one hand, and then you have a wine bottle in the other hand, and you're twisting it really slightly, and you hear the, like, and you're like, and it's just it's so so interesting um and the other horror scene is you're in an apartment building that's blown out all the way through the middle and you've got like wooden planks that cross over and it's basically a nest of those poison head crabs that take take extra damage and you can just see them crawling about the fucking place but you've also got barnacles hanging down so every so often if you can if you can bat one of the poisonous ones into a barnacle it just suddenly starts travelling everywhere like fuck you you prick boom swing on the barnacles Pardon? Swing on the barnacles. No, you can't. Yeah, that's oh. a bad idea. Um, and there's an entire level where you can't take a shot. You've got enemies there you can't really shoot because there are explosive canisters everywhere. It's like a fuel refinery sort of place. And um, and I remember starting that level and it kept, like, suddenly I kept dying. And you realise it's because as soon as you get into the level, there is one one barnacle up in the top of the ceiling. And if you sort of turn around, you can see him and you can shoot him without setting anything off because he's dragging a barrel up mm. that's been knocked into him by one of the fucking... One of the zombie monsters. Just the whole game. Spectacular. It's so recommended, but it's such a high price point to get into it and actually play it that it makes it so it's not as accessible as I think it should be or it hopefully will be in the future. I think as VR moves on, it becomes more accessible. Something like this may be available on the Oculus Quest 2 in like a very simplified version, like what they've done with um, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners is now available on the Oculus Quest. And that's not so removed from the original game. It's still a really fun game, and all the elements are still there. It just doesn't look as nice. Does it come into Labo? <laughs> Labo VR? <laughs> Never, hopefully. Oh, that's the best VR. No, people really did not like it that. Hold it in your hands. It was, it was bad. It was bad. Um, but yeah, Half-Life Alex is my my game of the year. But I mean, what else could it really be? Your review, Anne. <laughs> well, I did a whole top five video, and I didn't even mention Half-Life Alex. When did you do a top five video? I've made it in the last week. Did you I made a whole video in a week. Really? Yeah. Is it online now? Well, for Patreons, and if you back me on oh, Patreon, for fuck's sake, I'm not giving you, you more can watch money. It <laughs> early, before it goes live this Saturday. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a. They're getting a week of it. That's a crit apocalypse. I could have put right? it up earlier, but Patreon would charge what, how them much, twice, and I don't want to charge them twice. How much would it cost someone to say join to watch that one specific thing and then leave? Just no. You have to pay me. How much does it cost to join? Just watch that one video. And then leave. Just one dollar. It's just one dollar? To join the Patreon. How much is a dollar now? That's like six quid, right? That's 70p, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's it's gone down. The pound has gone down, so it's even... Yeah, 70p. No, it's got to be like... Because I'm at $15 and it works out to about £11. Yeah. Yeah, no. Patreon's... My money's dropping down on Patreon every the pounds, time. The pound's, the pound's doing better than I expected. Yeah, but anyway, my game of the year. Spoilers for the video, I guess. Uh, you out. No, Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it is the tracks, game tracks. of the year. Nah. Because let's face it, what game came out like four days before we went into lockdown in the UK? That is a point. While everyone was trapped indoors and couldn't see their friends, but now they had just enough time to get their island fully up and running and get their buddies over just in time for lockdown. And it was the game of the summer. Everyone was talking about it. So talk shows were hosted that's, in Animal that's, Crossing. That's, there's a quote from um, the filthy were talk Dead. shows hosted in and Half Life Alex. No, I think not. Well, no, they had lessons hosted in their whole lessons. <laughs> yeah, but did Gary Witter host? Did that Gary Witter visit Don um, Danny Trejo's island 
That was one of the most charming moments in Animal Crossing. So <laughs> some butterflies in his pockets. Yeah. <laughs> Just so, loads of butterflies. So filthy casuals, there was they they did their best of the year and they had a quote from one of the main guys and it was I'll tell you what though, twenty twenty, the year when if you had told me someone building a podcast studio in their house was a reason to visit, I'd have called you a fucking cunt. But this year, yeah, I'll come visit your studio. <laughs> <laughs> But Animal Crossing is New Horizons was just the perfect game for this year to give everyone a sense of community and get together because yeah. you're certainly not getting a sense of community in your average MMO these days. No, um, especially I mean, as MMOs have moved further and further away from being a group experience. Mostly, if you go into an MMO nowadays, you'll probably get a longing for uh, you'll suicide. See, you'll see other players, but it's it's not about teamwork now, is it? No, it's mostly about homophobic slurs. Yeah, but Animal Crossing, you can be creative, you can create designs, and you can put them up, and if people you want can. To. No, Nintendo will remove them. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and you can visit other people's islands in dreams. You can visit them for real. Oh, that's cool. You can plant turnips and pumpkins. Well, you can't plant turnips. They'll go rotten. But they, I like how they did the pumpkins for Halloween. You can still keep doing them. You can be um, passive-aggressively whinged at by a snowboy when you make one, if you yeah. don't make him right. He complains. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He, he's like just, you yeah, know. He brought that cunt to life. Yeah. Yeah, if you make it perfect, he gives you big snowflakes. But um, fucking snowflakes, not my island. (laughs) But um, snowboys—they're lovely. Um, but it's just a great thing to pass time with, and it's the first Animal Crossing game I've played since the first one. That's like managed to capture that feeling of the first one, where I would want to play it every day and just do little things and see how the island's going and chat to people. I'm still waiting for one of the villagers to say they want to leave, so I can be like, "Yeah, sure, get out of here." For some reason, this one villager never, ever asks me if it says that she's planning to leave. I kicked a load off. You can't kick him out until, you, well, you just talk to Isabel, but I don't want to make him sad. I want him to go for her own Oh, no, court. I to Isabel. I got rid of loads of fucking people. And once she leaves, I'm going to get Stitches to move in, because I was trying to get Stitches to move in before I've she got took his, his house. I've got the card. Yeah, I've got the card for Stitches. Yeah. That's the thing. I can't get him to move in until there's a house free. I made a lovely house just for Stitches. And some bitch And El- Eloise moved in there. That <gasps> can't. And I don't mind Eloise, but I've already got another elephant, and I've got another one with the same personality type. So what I don't are you saying? Need... You saying there's too many elephants moving in this area? They're ruining the area for you. Well, Dizzy, Dizzy does ruin the area. Legitimately, <laughs> is a problem. Um, <laughs> he's got bugs in his house. Oh no! He keeps talking about how the bugs are talking to him. That's fine. It's a bit weird. No, come on now. That... I did put a swing up on a swing scene. I put a sign next to it that says it's for visitors only, especially not you, Dizzy. I can't wait for the Summer of Sam update. Yeah. Whereas, like, the bugs told me to kill your wife. <laughs> I just want them to give me the coffee shop. And the thing's about time Nookington's got an extra floor. Because Nook's, Nook's cranny has only got two, oh. only got the one floor right now, and it's not big enough. Give me, give me the full Nookington's experience. Um, so, yeah, so that's your... But it's still going, it's still fun, it's still updating yeah. it, and they're still giving you things to do, and you can get your buddies round and have a fun time. It and doesn't look like... Show it, your creativity it, off. It doesn't look like people's interest in it is slowing down anytime no. soon. I think one things I reckon they'll add this next year, I think they'll um, add an extra section to the islands. I think they'll make the islands bigger. Yeah. For a laugh. And they'll say, oh, there's been some crazy thing happen, and then brruh, 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 new island pieces come out of the ground. And you get some new stuff to build, make your island bigger. I think that's going to be a thing. I mean, it's the first. It's the first time a video game's come out, and I thought to myself, "Oh, they have more villages." I thought maybe T would like to give this a go, and her response was, "Why the fuck would I want to play that game?" And I was like, "All right then." And I was like, "T, T, my partner, sort of, I guess." You know. Oh, Tara. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're calling her T now. Yes. They go by T now. Oh, for God's sake. (laughs) Wait, what was that? (laughs) 
You didn't tell me. I uh, know. I'm sorry. I don't really. I should. Do, I should release a newsletter. <laughs> I'm bad at it. I'm sorry. But yeah, it's the first time I've been like, oh, I should recommend this. And yeah, their response was, the fuck would I want to play that? Although their friends have played it and have been talking about it and encouraging them to play it. But no, no interest. No, I like Animal Crossing because um, you can like send your trash to people. If I don't want twigs, bundle them up, oh. send them to Paul. What's a, what's a bundle of twigs called again? What? What's a bundle of twigs called again? <laughs> this, this is a bundle problematic question. Yeah, don't say it. Do you not know? It'd just be a bundle of twigs. No, there's a name for it, like an old-fashioned English name. It's bad. Oh, that's if you, only if you're burning them. Yeah, oh, right. That's only if you... Oh, right! That yeah. makes it better. Yeah, where do you think the term came from? <laughs> that's, that makes it so much yeah, worse. That's why it's Jesus. Funny. All right. It's none of that in Animal Crossing. England's checkered history coming and back. Nintendo finally released a game with loads and loads of dialogue where they haven't managed to stick in a slur somewhere. Hey, come on now. <laughs> Deadly Premonition 2 just dead named a bunch of people. That's not made by Nintendo. Did they publish that? <laughs> Did you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there anyway, Animal Crossing New Horizons. It's delightful. The music's lovely. It's, it's delightful. It's beautiful. The New Year and Christmas music that only exists for the one day. Mm. The New Year, the New Year's Day has special music, and oh. it doesn't come up any other day. And I want it back. It was really good. I um yeah. Once that once that main tune gets stuck in your head as well. Yeah, it's so it is as a package. It's really nice to play at like three a.m. in the morning or four a.m. Like the music is like super chilled out at that time. I think that also like it is. It's it's essentially it is like a massively multiplayer online game. If you want it to be. Yeah. But it's one without any rush to the finish line. There's no, like, people don't get... Sp- you just sort of make yeah, the island Time travellers and all that. And people who keep changing the times on their clocks. All right, I did it that. once or fucking twice, all right? Yeah, but they're ruining the game for everyone. Like, you know, the whole point is, like, take your time, see the events as they come up. And people have moaned that they've, like, loads of the events have been download updates. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, but the thing is, if they leave them in the game from the start, one, they have to delay the game again because it's a shit ton of extra stuff to make and get yeah. them in time for release that people won't see for months. And the other thing is, you get time travelers spoiling what happens before anyone else gets to see them. Yeah, so it's good they did that because I remember when the first Animal Crossing came out, I imported it from America, and people just had everything detailed for the whole for the whole year what was going to happen on all these dates and that, what you'd get on these dates. But and what it was GameCube like, here, but it was N64 in Japan. The original version was N64. The Butsu yeah. no Mori. 64DD, wasn't it? 64DD, yeah. yeah. Um, it was the only Nintendo 60... Well, it was going to be on the 64DD. They released it... They've cancelled the 64DD version and released it on a cartridge. Yeah. Um, but the cartridge was the only Nintendo 64 cartridge with a battery backup clock in it. Which is crazy when mm. you consider how many Game Boy games have clocks in them by the end of the lifespan. And also considering the fact that the fucking N64 could have had a clock in it and a battery. Yeah, it didn't didn't need one. Nah. But um, yeah, Debutsu no Mori was originally on that, and then the GameCube version is basically the same game but running at higher resolution. Yeah. Um, although the I say higher resolution, it ran in progressive scan. Um, but the and N64 also- one was the highest resolution Nintendo 64 game because it ran at 480p as well. And also the. The GameCube version had a full-on emulator in it, didn't it? Yeah, and there's emulator. That was the other thing. Was that yeah, so the, the N64 one. No, the N64 one had a closed emulator. No, it did the same thing. Just, was it? Yeah, a different set of games in both. Because oh, the GameCube one was completely open. You could put games in it. Yeah, you could do that if you were clever enough on the others. Yeah. Huh. But um, yeah, it was the Botswana Mori Plus, I think they called it. 
But you were looking forward to this for a long time. And yeah, because I wanted a new Animal Crossing. And yeah. They've been doing the 3DS and DS ones, and it's like, it's not the same. Mm. It's not the same on those little handhelds. And Well, I see, that's, again, the, the only point of contention I have is that I played it mostly in handheld, this game, and I loved it. And I think, like, a bunch of times we walked... Like, I'd walk up here and I'd be like, oh, how's your Animal Crossing going? And I'd be playing it as I was going up the stairs very slowly, doing some mm. monotonous task I had to do each day. Yeah, but I like to just sit back and chill and relax I know, while yeah, playing I know. it. And I get that. I do get that. But, like, I was... I can't chill when playing a handheld game. It's too much hunching over and sitting in awkward positions because you're holding yeah. a thing. And, yeah. I just... Yeah. I ended up playing it on my commute and I ended up playing it when I was on my lunch at work and, like, I just got games in whenever I could. It was like going back to um, the old Pokemon days when that was more socially acceptable for an adult to play. And then I got the new Pokemon! <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. Like, it is definitely... Again, that was another thing that I was considering was like the fact that Animal Crossing for, what, three months? I was playing it every single day, getting everything yeah. I could and doing everything I could. I remember I was obsessed with the fucking turnip market for a good couple of months. The stalk market. The stalk market, sorry, yeah. And I remember like stuff like getting the arcade machines. And I've the stopped other touching shit. the stalk market. It's got to the point where on Sundays I'll start running around going, where's my visitor? And then I'll go, oh yeah, it's Sunday. There's mm. Joan's little nieces around somewhere. I still can't remember her name. She's no. got a snotty nose. Um, Joan's too old to travel out to the islands now. Poor Joan, Sal, mm. the hog. She can't do it. I bet she dies in the next one. I really, really liked <laughs> the... She'd kill her off and have a funeral for I've, Joan. I've jumped in on a couple of updates. The one where you could swim and stuff was incredible. Like, the game is beautiful. That's yeah. that's the thing that I, I want to put across, is that, like, this has been... I think for me... I think I've said this to you privately when talking about, like, the Series S and stuff like that. I think this is the year where I've realised that graphics aren't so much the issue with games. Good graphics aren't good games, necessarily. I think something that's a simple concept that's just fun to play. I don't give a shit about nice graphics. No. <laughs> the thing is, like, well, say nice graphics. I mean, what everyone else says is nice graphics when they want the most realistic graphics possible. I don't know why you'd want the compute computational power of like modern computers with all their technical wizardry and yeah. high resolutions and texture quality. And what you want is to make stuff that looks real. You could do anything. Like, I think that you could have a head the size of a friggin' giant like, watermelon. You look at you look <laughs> at something like. Um, you look at something like the Series S and the One X. The One X does 4K 60 frames on on something like Gears 5. But then you move over to the Series S and you play Gears 5. And for some reason, it feels more responsive. It feels smoother. It's a more consistent frame rate. There's like... It just... All in general, it just seems like uh, the version of that game we should have been getting on the One X. And mm. although my Series S is completely fucked now, like... For the brief time that it was Series working. S isn't fucked. Just plug in your controllers. Constantly? Yeah. No. Just have them plugged in. I'm not doing that. Um, but like playing things like A Call to the Sea and stuff like that and in the new consoles, I can see I can see what the next generation is going to look like. And I think I'm going to be much happier with 1080p, 60 frames per second, constant, than I am with sometimes, sometimes 4K, 60 frames, but you have to spend double the amount of the console. You know, it's not just worth It's just not worth it. And also, the more I pull away from, like, sort of the Xbox... Like, the Game Pass is probably the greatest invention to gaming for a very long time, and is a great thing, but I think that the next generation I am going to go... Not the Connect. No. I think I am going to pick up a Series S after they've gone down in price a little bit and have a Series S and a PS5 and just have the Series S to play Game Pass. I would just like to have enough money to buy a Series PS5. I do have enough money. I'd just like to be able to buy a fucking PS5. Well, yeah, you need a job as well. Yeah. They don't want to pay me for the podcast. Yeah. £1,000 a month and you can watch the podcast. It'll blow you once a month. Only once. No, listen to the podcast. £1,000 entry. Sorry, we told you a bit late. It'll blow you once a month. Thanks for the £1,000. 
and the free blowy you'll get in return. Uh, we only get a couple of listeners, so do we? I don't know. I mean, like if they give us two thousand, you, you're doing listener. two blowies. Oh, could you do two blowies a month? No, that's a lot of zinc. You're gonna feel good. Mm. Yeah, it's gonna look great. Get that zinc in there. Get a banana. No, that's potassium. What? Potassium. There's zinc in bananas, isn't there? Very small amount of zinc. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah, you get your daily allowance from I could some just pump. eat zinc from a science lab. I mean, you can eat zinc, but it's I not from a science buy lab. I shit loads of those chemistry sets but we had when we were kids. Alley, you wait for one of those homeless people to wander around, go, could, you got any zinc? And they'll be like, oh, I don't know what when that I is. When I was a kid, we had chemistry sets that had all sorts of metals in it. Magnesium. Yeah. You get a tiny amount of magnesium, and you, had, you just like, put a little bit of water. Oh, we had loads of it in ours. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Loads of it. Yeah. Mm. That was before people started sending fire to stuff with it. Yeah, I used to light up all the time because it would go really bright, and I was like, ha! Yay. Yeah, back in the 50s, they used to give kids uranium. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Do you remember the, um, they had, uh, oh, you watched Radium Girls this year. I never spoke about it. I'll speak about oh, it. Oh, do you know what I didn't watch? What? The sequel to Sharp Boy and Lava Girl, We Could Be Heroes. We Could Be Heroes with Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, he's in everything now. He is in everything. He was really good in Wonder Woman 84. People were saying that he, like, chews on the scenery. I was like, that's the fucking point. The scenery is his chewing. People gun. these days don't understand just... Fun. Fun, yeah. Yeah. I keep seeing people going, oh, cheesy and cringe. Yeah. And like, if, that, if that's your level of criticism, then shut up. Yeah. I don't see one Rubik's Cube. I didn't hear one Frankie Goes to Hollywood song. I'm completely upset. I will never watch this film again. I don't know why I did Larry Bundy then. Did I sound like Larry Bundy? Mm. Yeah. That was weird. All right, anyway, that's been Christmas. No, Larry Bundy didn't do a Christmas message this year. No. Shall I do one for him? He's been ill, though, so... Has he? Yeah, he's, he's lost, lost a lot of weight, away, yeah. Um, yeah, that'll fuck you up a little bit, your heart as well. Like, you get real tired if you lose a load of weight. Mm. Get real tired, and then, also, if you eat anything that's fatty after you've been on, like, a really low-fat diet, it fucks you up for days. Um, I learned that when I... No, he just crashed himself. He just basically lived on just eating sandwiches, a sandwich a day and stuff, and... Eating hardly anything. Yeah, that's what Kevin Smith did. Yeah. Kevin Smith, he's suffering from it now. Because you get to a point where your body craves so much. Mm. And like Kevin Smith was saying the other day on his um, Instagram, he sent out a message where he was like, look, this is the first day I've been trekking for like a week. I really gorged over like, I really gorged over the last two weeks, like eating Italian food and shit like that. Because like, mm. he's vegan now as well, so he's like vegan Italian food. Mm. So it's like very carb protein heavy. And it just like fucking knocks him out and he's all messed up. But now he's back to walking and stuff. It's finding a healthy balance. That's the fucking mm. problem. It's like if I don't run or do some like long walk every day, then I get really pent up and fucked up. So I just have to do it. But I don't think everybody's that way. Anyway, yeah, it's been the best of 2020 episode. Fat and die. I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> I've got I've got to do a London to Brighton again this year. I'm trying to get like that guy in Blade. <laughs> Blade! Oh come on now! I've always liked ah! yeah, the, the... yeah. <laughs> so here's an interesting fact: Blade, the film. Yeah. So did you know that um, originally Deacon Frost? You know, like he has the plan. This is this is off topic. So you know, Deacon Frost has the plan to like convert all humans into vampires and like become the blood god and stuff like that. You ask yourself, how is he going to continue drinking blood if he becomes the blood god? And in the original script, and I think they shot it. That he has a prototype, you know the homeless people thing in Blade 3? He has yeah. a prototype of that in his fridge in the original cut, yeah. and he opens it up, and it's just babies <laughs> being kept alive, and just siphoning off blood. And then also, you know the fat guy? That's not a bad idea, they'll create blood cells quicker. Yeah, than... You know the fat guy that's in the, in like the one that you just mentioned, the one that's like, they shine the torch and stuff like yeah. that? Do you know why he's so fat? Yeah. Because he's been eating babies. Nah. <laughs> so I think that... Well, it tastes best. I think that... I think that David Goyer really hates babies. 
Because, yeah, wrote, like, apparently as well, like, they had a vampire baby. But they tried to have a scene in Dark Knight, in Batman Begins, where Batman eats a baby. That was... <laughs> before. Yeah, it was the lead scene. The before, right? <laughs> Another thing they wanted to do in Blade is they had a vampire-infected baby that they were basically testing stuff on to see what hurt vampires. And, like, <laughs> I was watching a thing, and the, the joke was, like, we've got to really... We've got to really be careful with this. It's like, why is that? And he goes, because like, if a bullet would kill a regular baby, but then it also kills a vampire baby, then we can't just say that vampire babies are, not, are just as strong as normal babies because they might survive something else that would kill a normal baby. And they're like, I don't want to talk about killing babies anymore. But yeah, it's just one of those things. Nudging my mic. Yeah, David Goyer hates babies. Anyway, this has been the best of 2020 episode. Thank you very much for listening. As always, you can find Ant at LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter. You can find him as Mellow Gaming on YouTube. He's the most popular Mellow Gaming channel on YouTube. You can also Probably find him not. at Reacting Sentai Yuppa Ranger on YouTube, which is his reacting to Power Rangers and anything Power else. Power Rangers, jeez. You... Reacting to Super Sentai. Philistine. Um, you're going to be playing some video games on there this year? No. No? Not going to be doing any of the Super Sentai video games? No. Okay. There's oh. only like a few of them and they're all terrible. Oh. Any Ultraman stuff you can do on there eventually? Maybe. No? Yes. Yeah. Um, you can find me at Crystal Clips on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and everywhere else. Grinder. Grinder. Pornhub. You porn. Red Tube. We've got OnlyFans. XX House. You know what? I thought about this the other day. I don't mind getting my cock out for money. Please don't. But, like, why, why did you say please don't? I'm not going to send you a link and be like, oh, follow my OnlyFans, Ant. You'll be like, why aren't you submitted to subscribe to my OnlyFans? <laughs> why aren't you paying the $5 to get that premium content where I'm jacking off? You know, you always get your friends to subscribe to your YouTube and stuff. <laughs> I'll be sending my message to your nan. You know what you like your mates get on your Patreon for you? Do you know the crazy thing about OnlyFans? It's not meant to be for porn. No. It was meant to be like, hey, I've got a YouTube channel. Yeah. Here's some extra content. Yeah, I know. And, but they didn't have like rules against porn. So it became about porn. But then like... And it got too much. And then they were like, we can't really stop this now. Because if we stop this, our entire money goes... Because there's only like five people who aren't using it for porn. Like... Even Beldefine's putting porn on there now. Well, yeah, but Beldefine... That was... Wait, wasn't... No, it wasn't Belle Dufine. Who was the... Bella Fawn? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the controversy, wasn't it? The Bella Fawn said she was going to release a porn or something. Yeah. And loads of people subscribed to, like, the $30, $50 tier she had, and then she didn't do it, and then they had to change it so that if you put in that there's going to be a reward for subscribing, you have to fulfil it. Yeah. So she ruined it for a lot of people that were like... Because a lot of people, this is the thing. I don't, I don't begrudge anyone that's using OnlyFans. And as I said, I've genuinely considered it. I'm just not pretty enough. That's my problem. I'm not attracted enough. My cock's fine. It's not anything to write home about. So I probably wouldn't get a lot of money. But I have considered it in desperate times. Take six months ago when I was looking for work. But the other problem is as well, like loads of people act like it's the worst thing in the world to put nudes on there. But like we live in a culture where people steal that shit and put it online anyway. Like, there are horrendous people out there. Like, you can't trust anyone anymore when it comes to the internet. And people share those pictures as a way to produce inf- intimacy when they're, like, long-distance relationships and things like that. You know, if you are happy to release those online and make money and, you know, to have that situation going on, no one should be shamed for that. No one should ever be shamed for that. And I don't like the fact that people are... I think are Trump's like, going to have an OnlyFans. Could you see his dick anymore? 
What would it be? His wife? I don't know. Those new Pentax cameras are some pretty good zooms on them. <laughs> you can see the tweezers. <laughs> <laughs> like, the problem is that, like... I think the problem is that so many people go on and they say, like, oh, it's disgusting. It's like, look, mate, if you can make money every time you jacked off, all guys would be millionaires. So it's just women making money from something that they are happy to do. You have to compete with the younger crowd, though. Pardon? You have to compete with the younger crowd. What do you mean? I mean, I mean, if you can only do a handful a day, you know, there's younger crowds. They can chuck one out every 20 minutes. Mate, I don't know if you know this about me, but I can do it a lot. You say that now, but once the friction I burns mean, set in... You just moisturise. Stings. Go you've got, you got to put the money in. You've got to put the time in. You've got to put the F in. You've got to get those numbers up. You want your dick to look like a workman's hand. <laughs> you want it to be... You, you, want could, it to, you could do that. You know that viral video that went around this week where the guy was putting everything in the square hole? He had the bucket with the holes, different shapes hole, and he's like, where would the triangle go? Oh, in the square hole. And he's putting oh, everything... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. could do that, but, you know, spunk. Well, my arsehole. <laughs> Where's this oh, yeah, In the right. square hole. Where does this ketchup bottle go? It doesn't go in the square hole. It goes in my asshole. That's on you, Five dollars, please. <laughs> Making that bank! No, I, I I, just... Yeah, again, I don't think I'm pretty enough or interesting enough to make money on OnlyFans. But if someone someone tweets at me and says, I think you are, I'll consider it again. <laughs> anyway. It's also admire me. That's What's admire other, me? It's the other one. What does that do? Same thing. All right. Just more porn. It's admire.me. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's clever. Yeah, really clever. So, admire me is like OnlyFans. What's like? So, is it's it... basically the OnlyFans for people who are disgruntled with OnlyFans. Okay, so it's, it's the... not like it's, it's like... not like the right wing version of OnlyFans. Yeah, it's right wing version. <laughs> it's not like Parlor conspiracy theories. Yeah, it's not like Parlor where someone gets a tits and they go. Now I'm going to tell you about the military industrial complex and how George Soros is taking over the world. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. That's basically what it is. Yeah. Oh, God, Parler's a fucking cesspit, isn't it? I don't know. I'm not dumb enough to go on Do you it. not follow the... There's a Twitter thing that's like right-wing Parler, and it is literally just people going like... Going like... It's people on Parler complaining about socialism, and then the message directly below that was sent like two hours before they complained about socialism is then saying, I've got cancer and I need people to donate money so I can pay my medical bills. We will never have free medicine in America! Land of the free! It's like... You, you probably need free medicine, mate. You're dying. So, just please donate to my GoFundMe. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> Socialism is a disease! Like cancer that's ridden my body. Anyway, Trump fucks kids. All right, that's the end of the episode. Is it? Bye, 2020. Now. Can I end now? You're done. Bye, 2020. Hello, 2021. What are you looking forward to this year, Ant? We're going to get a PS5. We are getting a PS5. Because I'm going to buy one this month, and I've got a second controller on the way. We're going to hang out. We're going to play PS5. What are we going to play on the PS5? I don't know. Probably just log into my OnlyFans. I'm going to create immediately after this just to try and get myself some sort of self-esteem boost. What sort of mask should I wear? (laughs) What's the least attractive serial killer of the last 20 years? If I... You're dumb. Well, yeah. Do you think I get more or less followers if I put on a Trump mask? I need to put on weight if I'm going to pull it off. Can I stop it now? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, go on. Bye. Subscribe to my OnlyFans. <laughs>